get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Character and Smallman Podcast on 101 ESPN. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Character Smallman and Danny Mac on 101 ESPN at 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Happy Friday, everyone. Great to have you with us. Michelle, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful on this Friday. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Couldn't be better. Is that right? It could be better if the Blues would have come away with a victory last night, but I'm not complaining. I've got something, though, that's going to cheer you up. What's that, Dan? In my hands. <laughs> oh, no. That's not going to cheer me up. So uh, cheer me up, though, that's for sure. <laughs> so Michelle was looking for some type of pad of paper that uh, you had at your home. The Edward Jones Dome paper, which they, the Rams would give us a nice, really nice yes. tablet every single game. And I always took them, and then I had them stacked up for whatever reason. I, I had like 10 of them because I figured I'd use them, and I still do. And I had them in a plastic bin at home, and I was going through said bin over the weekend to find stuff, and I found some stuff. Well, by the way, the Blues lost and uh, the Dolphins won. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Okay. The Dolphins win for sure. Junior year, Randall, uh, in the first quarter gets this is, this a... This is not college. This is high school. A cumulative uh, grade point average of 1-9. Uh-huh. Then uh, the next one was 1-8, oh. and the next one was 1-7. We're trending down here, Randy. There's a lot of Ds. There's even an F in there in algebra. Yep. I told, I've told um, people before, once you introduce letters into math, I'm done. I have no chance. But you got an A in gym. I did get an A in gym, so I had that going for me. Which it did sound like I got off to a hot start and then faded a little bit, right? Oh, yeah, you faded hard. <laughs> uh, and then there's the uh, whatever your resume here is or whatever they're asking you about your life. So this is, yeah, a questionnaire to determine and what you're, 17 you're going years to be old. in the future. Yeah. Okay, so what are your occupational goals after graduation from high school? I would like to go to college, then get into radio broadcasting. Well, that worked out. Well, and it's kind of ironic that with those grades, I had said I wanted to go to college. Very <laughs> ironic. <laughs> they probably said, yeah, you're in the right business. You're right. And I love that it was radio broadcasting, yeah. too, yeah. and here you I'm are. radio guy. If accepted for uh, cooperative or corporative cooperative education, yeah. what type of work would you prefer? And you said first choice attendant at Onyx. Which I already was. Okay. Um, describe the nature of present employment. I sit in a booth and work basically as a cashier. <laughs> now, you, Onyx was a gas station, a self-service gas station on Olive in Grief Court. Uh, it gets better, though. Um, okay, so do you prefer this firm as your training station? If approved, yes or no, you checked yes. Yes. My favorite part of this, why? Because I like the work and they like me. In quotations, I think. <laughs> as a 17-year-old. Now, um... There's Mr. Lane on here. Yeah, Miss, he was great. He Miss, was one of the best ever. Dennis Lane, one of my my favorite high school teacher. Yeah, Miss Richardson. Don't recall English. Okay, and Mr. Good or Goody? Good, yeah. Good. Social studies. Mm-hmm. I was good in social studies, wasn't I? I think you got a D, Randy. Yeah, it's good, relatively speaking. Better than world history. Uh, let's see. Yeah, world history, not great for Randy Carker. Or algebra. F- uh, phys Ed, you were fine. Thank you. Uh, you had some A's there. Let's see the F in algebra. Uh, let's see driver's ed a D. 
Oh, Randy. Uh, I was kind of scuffling. You know what? I was too casual there. I was... I, I didn't go two and ten. I had my hands on the bottom of the wheel because I was a good driver already. Okay. And so if you don't have your hands at two and ten in driver's ed, they think, oh, he doesn't want to learn. Well, I already knew. Oh. Uh, teacher Walls gave you an F in world history. Okay, so this is a teacher that I will remind you went to the assistant principal and said, hey, what am I going to do about this character kid? And the, prin- the assistant principal said, well, what are you talking about? He's okay. He's a good kid. And <laughs> He's okay. the teacher says... Well, all he does is sit in the back of the room and talk sports with his buddies all day. <laughs> and the assistant principal said, oh, don't worry about it. That's what he's going to do. And it worked. Yeah, it worked. You've done so, very well for yourself, hey, Randall. That is the moral of the story is that you can suck in high school and still come out and do okay in your professional life. I guarantee you, once you apply for and get a job or apply for a job, once you leave college, you're 23 years old. They aren't going to ask you about your high school GPA or what you got in algebra in your junior year of high school. It's not going to happen. Now, that's not saying I don't want you to work because I do want people to try to work hard and use your brain and try to improve yourself. I just didn't. Well, I would prefer that do if as I, I say not as I do. If, if I went in and had surgery, I would hope the doctor, whoever did that surgery, he or she had decent grades so they True. could do a decent job on me. That's all I'm saying. But they say follow your talents and follow your passions. And clearly algebra was not Randy's passion. And I'll be honest, that surprises me because you're really good at numbers. You're really good. I mean, Real numbers. I can. Yeah. I mean, you're you're quick. You yeah. know, you'll be like, okay, they had this many wins, that many losses. Okay, that's this, this, and that. And then, okay, this is what it means. So I mean, yes- you're really good. Yeah. Yesterday, I appreciate that, Daniel. Yesterday, BKM Ferrario, Tanner Hendrickson, they're talking about the number of people that may not show up at BK's wedding because the average is the 10 people don't show up, or 10% of the people that RSVP don't show up at a wedding. What? And is that right? So, that and they're talking shocking. about three, 300 people. Wow. And Tanner says, you mean 40 people aren't going to show up? <laughs> oh, Tanner. <laughs> okay, so let's that's get... why he's in radio. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, the Blues did fall 4-3 last night to the Nashville Predators in overtime. Blues scored the first two goals of the game. Jordan Cairo scoring a pair in the first period, one even strength, one on the power play. But back came Nashville. Matt Duchesne scoring 17 seconds into the second period. And then the St. Louis and Luke Cunning making it a 2-2 game before... The Predators took the lead in the third, but at the 8-13 mark, the Blues tied it again. Far side, Tarasenko dips, drives the net, he scores! Tarasenko lowers the shoulder, and he carried the boom. 11.47 to go in the third period, and Tarasenko's fifth of the year ties the game 3-3. And that was the classic old-school vintage, quintessential Vladimir Tarasenko power goal. That's awesome. And isn't this what we talked about, him not being afraid to use his body and mm-hmm. to, to lean that shoulder in? It's nice to see him have zero trepidation and, and feel confident in his health and his body. He's had two goals this year that have been really good. And that one last night stuck out to me because of the physicality of yep. it. But the other one was at home, coming off the sidewall. It was a world-class goal. Uh, going inside, which I like. He wasn't on the perimeter. Um, he's having a good year, man. It's yeah. been fun to watch. So we go to overtime, and for the preponderance of overtime, the Blues have control of the puck in the offensive zone, except for this part. <laughs> Randland is in, wide open, they score. That's the skill as it comes to the near side, and Duchesne 
and Granlin finish up big nights. Duchesne get the overtime game winner, and the Blues fall to the Predators in overtime, four to three. Duchesne from Grandland and Jano, and 4-3 was the final. The Blues get a point out of it, and they're now tied for the Central Division lead. Kids, top four teams in the Central, all separated by one point. The top two teams have 18, next two, and the Blues are there with Minnesota, and the next two have 17. I think Nashville has played two more games yeah. in the Blues. It's interesting to me that Nashville's won their past 12 of 17 games against the Blues. Yeah, they've had their number for sure. Yeah, and we obviously didn't see them last year. I was going to say yeah. last season was obviously different, but it's going to be interesting to see as the season goes on which of those teams starts to separate themselves. During the off season, when Nashville got rid of Alfred uh, Arvidsson and they had Pecker Rene retire, they said that they were in the midst of what they called a competitive rebuild. I wonder if they'll be able to keep things going. David Poyle, their general manager, has been there since 1997. Isn't that wild? Yeah, he's the longest tenured GM, I believe, in in hockey right now. And uh, the Blues general manager, Doug Armstrong, he's now getting up there. I he's think in the top two. is that with, in the with top Bob two or Murray three resigning. Okay, uh, so he's now two. Army, yeah. Wow. And and you got to have success. And obviously, they've had good teams, and they're always dangerous, it seems like, when they play the Blues, to your point. I thought last night it was a tough night for Scandella and Pareko. They were minus three last yeah. night. Um, but, you know, bounce back. <clears throat> the other thing, too, is that you got some guys coming off the COVID list that you can see aren't quite there's just a little bit off, right. you know what I mean? It, whether it's the timing on line mates or even just with them getting worn out a little bit, you can just see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think once they get the guys all back and healthy, it's it's one of the top teams in the league. They'll, they'll lose. They'll be fine. And by the way, Army number three, it's Poyle and then Doug Wilson in That's San it. Jose. Yeah. And Army was four, but with the re- resignation of Bob Murray the other day, he moves up to number three. The Silver Slugger Awards given out last night. Two Blue Jays, two Red Sox on the American League infield. Vladimir Guerrero and Marcus Simeon from Toronto's Andrew Bogarts. Rafael Devers from Boston. Salvi Perez from across the state. 1-1 for the Royals. In the National League, Freddie Freeman. Ozzie Albies at second. Tatis Jr. at short. Austin Riley at third. That means the Braves had a pretty good offense. And then yeah. Buster Bosey behind the plate. And then Soto, Harper, and Castellanos, the Silver Slugger outfielders in the National League with Max Freed winning the National League Silver Slugger Pitcher Award. NFL, how about those Miami Dolphins? What did we talk about yesterday? You never know. You gave them no chance. I didn't. And I'm telling you, if they're going to have Tua with that arm strength and that finger playing quarterback, they don't have a chance. Did you hear my FanDuel pick on my show? Did you take the Dolphins? I, I said to both the, my uh, co-hosts, I said that uh, not only are they going to cover, they would win straight up. Wow. Wow. Well, no you, you just got to know what's going on, guys. If you're going to if you're going to do it, you got to you got to go with the experts. Just they let can, me know. They can play the defense in Miami. Right. Beeflo, our coach. Yeah. He knows what's going on. That's your coach. I, I don't have a team. OK. I thought you, you were a Steelers us? guy. I, I uh, well, then I heard Randy was telling me about the Steelers with the uh, relocation stuff, so oh. now I'm out. Okay, good. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I'm out. Well, but you know what, Randy? Tua came in for Jacoby Brissett, and he helped them win the game. I know he did, but it didn't look great. It's about winning. You played to win the game, okay. and he helped them win the game against the Ravens. I know. Impressive. But Lamar Jackson did virtually nothing. So I'm, I'm impressed, pleasantly impressed by our Dolphins. When you say Miami Dolphins, you're talking. Yeah, should we get the song at some point? We yeah, we that. should. Danny Mack, what do you call a doctor with a C average? A doctor from the 636. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, doctor. 
doctor. That is true. You're still a doctor. That's right. Slew in Eastern mm-hmm. Illinois tonight at Chaffetz and on Bally Sports Midwest. Danny Mack will have the call with Scott Highmark. Looking forward at to seven it. Seven o'clock. Go Bills. Go Bills. The eleventh ranked Illini taking Arkansas State tonight at eight o'clock. That one on the Big Ten Network. Go Illini. I L L. I N I. And Mizzou will take on Kansas City on Monday on the SEC Network. Not UMKC anymore. It's just Kansas City. So uh, go Tigers in that one. And Mizzou plays South Carolina tomorrow at three in football. Mizzou trying to get back to five hundred. South Carolina. That's a pick 'em. Is it? Yeah, I believe so. Who do you like? M I Z. You. Connor Bazelock is questionable for that game. Yeah. So we probably will see the St. Louis duo of uh, Macon at quarterback and Brady Cook at quarterback. Macon from East St. Louis, Cook from Chaminade. All right, we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Your peak and your pit of the week on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. your peak of the week what was your pit of the week we want you to share that with us here on 101 espn via the air comfort service text line 65780 all right michelle you get to start well my peak of the week was actually last night because i got to go to my first blues game of the season at enterprise center in the um, seats or were you a media member i went as a fan awesome. which is always very rare for us and very fun but being the home of the blues we have some tickets and i got to go with our oh, wonderful sales staff oh, last awesome, night yeah. which was very fun but I forgot what it was like to go as a fan at Enterprise Center and feel the energy of the crowd. After the past couple years when I hadn't gone, obviously a lot of us hadn't gone, it was really fun to be back. And then my pit was that they lost. <laughs> no, that's a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a peak. All right. What do you got, uh, My, I don't know if I've, I got to come up with a pit. I hadn't really thought of a, a pit because I'm just a more glass half full kind of guy. I like that. I appreciate that a lot. Me too, me so too. Um, maybe my pit is asking me what my pit is. That is. Don't ask me about a pit. Okay. I'm a happy guy. Okay. Life Stop is great. Stop trying to bring him down, Randy. Yeah. You're always trying to bring me down. I don't like it. Daniel, you want a peak then? I got a peak. Okay, good. I already had Let's that. It. Return of Billiken basketball. Oh, yeah. 2-0. Um, and o. Yeah, 2-0. and o. Um, Now, the competition hasn't been great, especially game two against Harris Stowe. That was uh, record setting in terms of uh, points scored and putting up points and lots of dunks. But uh, generally speaking, the return of Billiken basketball, the return of fans. I can look up and I see you and your smile face with your family. Section 217, baby. That's right. Uh, so if you want to go see Randy tonight, get a pic. You'd probably take some pictures with people, no sign autographs. Yeah, we'll be here. Seg- uh, section 217. It's illegible autograph, by the way. Just saying. It is. But it's there. But it's there. I mean, that's all that matters. But uh, yeah, the return of the fans to Chaffetz, return to college basketball, return to the Bills. I'm, I'm loving it. It's Love so much it. fun. Kids, my peak of the week is that my favorite NFL team won on Sunday. My favorite NFL team is the one that happens to be playing the Rams that week. Yeah. So go Titans. Changes every uh, yeah. week. Yeah, it does. Okay. So go Titans. Thank you very much. Go and Titans. My, my pit of the week is that we're losing our producer engineer, Emily, after today. That would yes. be my pit. She's Today's moving on day. to uh, newer ventures, and she's... <laughs> leaving us. So I'm kind of bummed out. That's kind of a pit of the week. If she's she's in, not crying. She's fa- happy. Yeah, I know, but if she's, she's in fa- fantastic work for she's us. She's like, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to miss you guys, but I am going to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am very excited for sleep. All right. What do you have on the text line? 
from the 636 peak OBJ to L.A. They deserve each other. <laughs> Pitt, lose-lose after dominating the start of overtime. Yeah, what do we think about Odell to the Rams? I love it. I love it. They got rid of... Uh, uh, they got rid of Deshaun Jackson because he wasn't getting the ball enough. And he goes nicely, says, hey, can you get rid of me? Because you've only thrown me six passes all year. OBJ's dad put a video on that he somebody wasn't throwing the ball to him. What do you think is going to happen now? You think that all of a sudden Matthew Stafford's going to quit throwing to Cooper Cup? That ain't going to happen. So OBJ's not going to be happy. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be great. You probably, though, when he gets into their system, and what are we? Are we halfway through now the yeah. NFL season? You probably have, what, 15 to 20, 25 plays that he could immediately understand how their system works. So not to say that you're targeting him with said plays, but it can be tough to get him the ball initially because he's probably not going to be involved in the offense as much as you would think because he just doesn't know the scheme. I don't know if he can still run, but the thing to do with him is what Belichick did with Randy Moss. Just have him run post patterns every single route, and you have a quarterback with a strong enough arm that you just let him take the defensive backfield deep downfield. And then that opens things up for a cup and the tight end is it Higby underneath. They are really acquiring a lot of stars. They are seemingly going for it. Yeah, they are. The, the Eagles did that with their dream team a few years ago. That was great. From, yeah. from the 618 peak, I got married last weekend. Congratulations! Right. Congrats! It, trying to focus at work just two days later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's hard. What about the uh, honeymoon? Oh, you know? yeah. I'd do that a week later. Some people do it months later, the honeymoon. Yeah. I wonder if most people would agree that a peak is that you're, you got married last weekend. What do you think, Randall? Yes. If they got married last weekend, that's what they're thinking. You're probably riding high. Okay. All yeah. your friends and family in the same place. You're sure. married the love so. of your life. You probably got a lot of cash that day. Yep. We did that oh, yeah. uh, at this time of year, actually. We took a week off before we went on our honeymoon, and I worked the next day. I didn't even take two days off. I worked the next day after the wedding. Wow. You worked the next day after your wedding? Uh, Cardinals Eagles, Greg Garrity tackled at the one-yard line, and the Big Red came away with a victory at Bush Stadium. What were you more happy or, you know, excited about, the marriage or the uh, goal line stand? Oh, the marriage. The Cardinals weren't that good at that point. Okay. So that wasn't a very mean. It was an exciting victory, but not a very meaningful victory. Understood. From the 314, my peak is we're getting Seeger soon. My pit is no, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) You are exactly right there. It's a perfect text. Good one. Yeah. From the 618 peak, moving into our new home two weeks ago, Pitt having to rake a whole bunch of leaves in the morning. Oh, been there. Yeah, I love that. You love raking leaves, Dan? I love being outside and working on um, lawn care. Have you gotten oh, yeah. didn't know that about you. any of your yeah. golden retrievers in the fall when leaves are Oh, falling? sure. Yeah. There's nothing funnier than a golden retriever with a pile of leaves. Just goes oh, right for it. it. Yep. They're yeah. just, they're in, man. Dive in them, roll really? in them. Yeah. yeah. It's great. We used to throw my kids in the pile of leaves. That's they love that too. too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did that too. Yeah. So actually, gong we got show. it is total gong show yeah, at my one, house. One time we got a puppy. I gave Joan a puppy for our anniversary, actually, one year. And uh, we were living in a relatively new house. And she was out breaking up leaves. And the dog jumped off the deck like a, a seven or eight week old puppy and into a big giant pile of leaves. It was hilarious. Yeah. It wasn't hilarious when it happened. But then when the dog started just rolling around, it was pretty funny. I, I Yeah. I mean... You know, the pile of leaves with the kids and the dogs going nuts. Very entertaining. Yes. You didn't know that about me, that I I have a green thumb. Dan, I just didn't know that you would have time for lawn care. 
Well, I really don't have a lot of time. I said I liked it. Um, no, if I wasn't uh, in this job, I would uh, maybe teach or coach. I don't think I want to teach because I, their kids are smarter than me. Oh, I, you you saw my transcript. I would teach. Yeah, yours was really good. Um, <laughs> and if not, then I'd, I'd have a lawn care business. Wow. Yeah, I love cutting grass. That'd be fun. Smells great. I've never cut grass once in my life. Really? You've never pushed a lawnmower. Never, never got on not a, once. No, I had a lot of chores growing up, but lawn care was not one of them. Really? Okay, yeah, so I had to pull weeds once, but that was a punishment. Uh, Smalls is a new homeowner. Are you getting a lawnmower or are you going to have somebody do it? I have a lawnmower. I was prepared to learn how to use it. And then everybody on our street has somebody do it. So you just kick some money into the pot and somebody does your lawn. Good play. Good it's for great. you. great. Let's yeah. see. The uh, 314, what's your hourly rate, Dan? I'll hook you up with plenty of your, quote, enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dan, you can come over to my house if you want. Uh, that's funny. From the 618, Peak Illinois beat Minnesota to stay bowl eligible. They sure did. Pit, they're off this week. Yeah, that is a pit. You'd like to, well, last time they had a big up, oh, a big upset on the road versus a ranked opponent. Yeah. Following week didn't work out okay. so well, so yeah. maybe a little uh, a little buffer there will be good for Illinois. Another peak of mine was our conversation with Coach Bielma today. Yeah. Or, excuse me, not today, this week. He gets it, and I think that he is going to be the guy that's going to take this program to where so many of us have thought it could go to. Mm-hmm. Beat Iowa next week, beat Northwestern, and go to a bowl game. But it would be a shame if it was the loss to Rutgers that kept Illinois from going to a bowl. Yeah, that'd be rough. From the 314 peak, hearing that St. Louis rejected Kroenke's ridiculous settlement offer, Pitt most comments that the cards may let the shortstop market pass them by. It is part of the deal that uh, they, they. This is not only a shortstop market, but it's an expensive shortstop market. And I really, if I were making the choice, and they have to make choices because they have a budget. If I were making the choice, I would prefer to go the pitching route. That's where I'm at. Me too. I'm, I'm fully sold on. They are elite defensively, best in baseball, and when they won games, even when they didn't hit. And, I, and I'm not overlooking the deficiencies at times that they had offensively, but um, I, I got to get pitching in here and I can't be left with Johan Oviedo dying on the vine. You know, I, I just you can't do that this year. You got to go out and get pitching. It's got to happen. And that's all I got to say about it, Randy. Thanks, Emily. I'm, I'm just done talking about the pitching and the shortstops and everything else. All right. Go to a break. Thank you. Because I want to talk to Greg Amsinger. Uh, We're hoping to connect with Greg Amsinger. Well, you said that yesterday. He was golfing yesterday. Oh. So we'll see. I don't blame him, though. We've got a word out. But even if we don't talk to Greg, we're going to talk about this. Last winter, John Mozeliak told us to be patient. And those that were were rewarded with Nolan Arenado. He's saying be patient again. Are you buying in? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Down at the general managers meetings in Carlsbad, California, Cardinals Pobo John Mozeliak said about free agency and about the offseason, you just have to remain open-minded, opportunistic, and be prepared. Lots of time still in the offseason, and understanding that may present itself. We ultimately want to be in position if something excites us or interests, uh, interests us, we'll be prepared to act. Basically, Mo is telling us the same thing he said at the beginning of last offseason, is be patient. And 
The Cardinals may have a big move in them. They may not. I would kind of be surprised. I want to get you your take on this first, you two. I don't think that there's going to be a ton of movement before we have a CBA. My guess is that MLB free agency is not really going to take place until after they have a CBA. I would agree. I think that uh, if you're in that position, you're kind of going to want to wait to see how things shake out and how the landscape may or may not change based on what happens with those negotiations. I'm not so sure about that with you two. Uh, So just hear me out here. Okay. I think there's going to be certain teams that have, if they all probably have figured out what they want to do. The Cardinals have done that. Cubs, you know, you pick your team and they're saying, okay, here's, Here's the target that we are looking for. These are the players that we are targeting. And I think they try to push the envelope and get something done with some of these players. Now, the really big ones, the, the maybe the, some of the guys in the shortstop market, a Max Scherzer, yes. I think it, it goes to maybe a, a scramble mode right before spring training if and when they get that agreement. Um, but I do think that uh, some of these teams are going to try to lock guys up and say, here you go. Sign it. Let's do it and and do it before December just to kind of be set and ready to go for when they say go. They're they're ready to they're ready to roll. If there is a lockout and we don't have transactions until Valentine's Day, the start of spring training, it will be a frenzy unlike any. It'll be like the first day of NBA free, free yes. agency. It'll be so, like you've never seen before. That would be so fun. It'd be great. It would be, but I I'm so disappointed though that if they don't get this thing done by December. One of the things that you love as a fan, at least I do, is the hot stove league. I, I really enjoy it. I, I love seeing not only what the Cardinals may do, but just seeing where players may wind up. And if I w- ran a baseball team, I would be concerned about that because I can't market uh, Corey Seager coming to my team. You know, I, I starting usually right around Thanksgiving and this year, maybe even earlier than ever because of the CBA. You would probably, if you're a team, say, hey, let's roll out our 27-game pack and let's roll out our season tickets and here's our Budweiser passes and here's the various things that we're trying to do to market um, our team for ticket sales. And a lot of times those uh, ticket sales, when you when you start breaking them down, are indications of what your fan base thinks about you going into the season. So that's your game day tickets that you sell you know, in, in the middle of April and so on and so forth. So I think... Baseball would be short-sighted not to uh, get this thing done sooner than later, and that's an obvious statement, but because you're trying to market your team and sell tickets. You're trying to Mm -hmm. get your fan interest, and if we learn anything from sports and COVID is that the baseball situation was the ugliest, in my opinion, of all these teams trying to get back. Mm -hmm. I mean, the NFL just said, all right, business as usual without fans, but, you know, the hockey had to go to a bubble, so did the NBA, but they finished their seasons. You know, baseball... We were all hoping that would be like the kickoff of sports coming back and there's going to be this great celebration. And it wasn't. It, it got ugly. And I don't, I don't think you can have that happen again. It just cannot get as as negative and as public as it was. Because the sport embarrassed yeah, themselves. They, they did. There are only a couple of players on this market that I wish the Cardinals would be aggressive about anyway. I, I think Marcus Stroman would be terrific. I, I believe I would be intrigued by, let me put it that way, Trevor's story, although I don't see the Cardinals after John Moselak's quotes a couple of days ago in Carlsbad, I don't see the Cardinals pursuing a shortstop. After that, if they go get some reclamation projects and put some faith in Mike Maddox, that wouldn't bother me at all. When you look at, for example, at what I think the, they have to. 
I think they too do, too. I think they need a lot of depth. When you go look at what the Giants did in getting Di Sclafani, and he pitched well, in resurrecting Johnny Cueto, one of their Gossman. own guys, Gossman, uh, they did a, Alex Wood, they did a really good job of resurrecting guys. Now, we had seen that the Cardinals had interest in Andrew Heaney, and there are the Dodgers signing him to a one-year right. deal. Those are the kind of guys that... As a Cardinal fan, I'd like to see them get because we thought they had depth last year in starting pitching, and they didn't. I'd like to have more experienced depth uh, rather than count on guys that you just don't know about, like Johan Oviedo. It looked like he was going to be fine, but he didn't wind up being fine. You have to count on guys like Woodford. I would prefer to have some veteran guys, maybe even guys that are minor league contracts, that I know have done it at the major league level before. After what you saw the Cardinals pitching staff do with Garcia and Lester and Happ and, and some of the ways that they were able to help McFarlane. And McFarland's mm-hmm. another one. Thank you, Dan. Help them adjust and see success once they came to the Cardinals. I think fans might have a little bit more intrigue or confidence that if they were to go out and not get a big name like Max Scherzer, but get some guys that they really think maybe for a cheaper price they could actually work with and could be productive for the team. I think that fans might be interested in that. But when you say last year they said be patient and they get Nolan Arenado, do you think that that Mo's going to do that again? I don't think it's going to be as big of a splash as Nolan Arenado. I don't think they're going to come out and say, well, we're looking at all the options and then sign Max Scherzer. I don't think that that's what we're in for this offseason. But Uh, would it surprise you if they did? A little bit, yes. With with that with Max Scherzer, it would surprise me okay. a little bit, just because of what he'll probably cost. Yeah, and I think that's the only Arenado type splash that they would make. I would be stunned if the Cardinals would be in the hunt for Seager or Correa. So I would agree with that. If they would pursue Scherzer, that would be an Arenado type splash. Otherwise, I just don't see the Cardinals playing in in that sandbox. Well, if. You you both said intrigue. I'd be intrigued with a, a guy in that shortstop market that says, I'm trying to reset my own market, and it's a one-year deal, and it kind of falls in your lap. You know, whether Trevor it's story. Trevor's story, <laughs> Javi Baez would be intriguing, mm-hmm. even though he strikes out a ton. But, I mean, he's a great defensive player, and he could hit you 30, 35 bombs. Um, does he get a multi-year deal? Or does, uh, you know, do some of these agents of these guys say, hey, this this market is so big and if you were the only guy on that market, you'd be getting X. But there's five guys now, so it drops. You want to just do a one-year deal uh, or a short deal, two to three years, and then you're back in it and get another bite at the apple. Um, and, and to your point, Randy, that's what I've been saying on, on pitching. I, I think they will get a, let's say it's like a two or three, you know, but a top top-end guy mm-hmm. um, to go along in this rotation because you can't have enough pitching. And I felt going into spring training, and I was dead wrong that they had enough pitching last year, and they just did not. Um, I'm still high on Johan Oviedo. I think the stuff is there. Now, what adjustments does he make this offseason? What happens in spring training? Where's Matthew Libertor in spring training? I'm intrigued with him. Um, And I loved what I saw to Jake Woodford at the end of last year. So you do have some fallback options in that regard. But... I would just throw a lot at the dartboard and, you know, start seeing some of these guys that you can get on a minor league deal. Like, I'd be intrigued to bring in Wade LeBlanc again because, you know, mm-hmm. I would he's, he's at a stage in his career where he's made a lot of money as a starter reliever. He's a swing guy. But if you had five guys and you needed uh, that, you know, the the not the backup, but uh, depth that he would give you that if somebody would go down. Now, is he going to dominate? No. Is he going to give you probably five innings and throw strikes? 
yes. So those are the kind of guys that I think you could see also to the point we were talking about earlier, signing before December 2nd because they don't want to be just sitting there waiting and the anxiousness of what goes in when you're a free agent. You know, it's not a lot of fun. I want to go back to what you said about the short steps because I'm the buzzword of the segment, intrigued by what you said there. You know that Seager and Correa, they're going to get top dollar. But some of these other guys, do you think if they're looking at their options, that the Cardinals might be an interesting and appealing landing spot for them for several reasons? One, it's supposed to be a playoff team, a place where they think they can contend. Two, don't you think that if you're a shortstop and you're looking to reestablish yourself and maybe reestablish the market, playing in this defense could really be a great spot for you when you're looking around at all the talent that you would be surrounded by defensively? I wonder if that might cause one of those guys to maybe take a lesser deal to come to St. Louis? Well, I'd look at it two different ways. One, if I was a pitcher, yes, I would definitely do it because of the defense I have here and the ballpark, knowing that I'm going to make a a good majority of my starts in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and it plays big. That would intrigue me as a pitcher to say, you know, if I'm looking at trying to really reestablish myself, I've been really good. I had a down year. Where's a right fit that I'm I'm still going to make good money, but yet now I have a chance to up my resume. Um, St. Louis is that place because of the defense. And I'll tell you this, players love playing here. I mean, that's not just some homer saying that. Players enjoy playing in St. Louis. Look at what Colton Wong and Matt Carpenter wrote and the players should be when they left. It is a special place to play. So players, generally speaking, really enjoy it here um, in St. Louis. Now, if I was Trevor Story, and I, I would, first of all, my first call would be to Nolan Arenado and say, what's it like? What's the atmosphere? What's it like behind the scenes? What do you think of the city? And Nolan is re-up, so I would assume you're going to get some pretty good you know, reviews in that regard. But is this a ballpark I want to hit in? Let's think about that, too. You know, like if I'm trying to reestablish myself, um, this is a tough ballpark, man. Yeah. Now, if, if you're a home run hitter, and this game now is on home runs, if you, if you hit for doubles, though, and, hit for, and you slug – Good place to play. But I, I just think if I'm a pitcher, man, I'm, I'm looking hard at what St. Louis has to offer. And there's a lot, a lot. And just to give you an idea of how polarizing, and we know that John Mosellock is polarizing in our community, but from the 314, Mo's narrative is getting tired and boring. What once was a balanced tandem between the front office and the dugout is now a dictatorship. As they said in Batman, you die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. Well, Mo, you are a villain. On the flip side, from the 314, don't let the Cardinals fool you. They're looking at every possibility, pitching, offense, and shortstop. So somebody with, with a level of confidence as opposed to somebody who has no confidence at all and considers Mo the villain. I look when he uh, got Arenado, he was like a savior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when Randy Arozarena is going off in Tampa Bay, people are like, "You better fire this guy." That, that, that's just the, the nature pen- of the beast. The pendulum swings quickly. Yes, it's what have you done for me lately? For sure, um, he's had great success here. I mean, never had a losing record. Been to a World Series, won a World Series, and they're set up to win again next year. And I I do think that's something that you have to keep in mind. When you look at the full body of work for any general manager, you're going to miss. Like, you're going to miss on somebody. You're going to either miss on a draft choice. You're going to miss on a trade. It's going to be lopsided. And what you're just hoping for is it's not Brock Fabrolio. Yeah, I mean, right. honestly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, those are the things that happen when you're in that seat. So it takes guts, but that's why they're paid the bucks that they do and the pressure that they're under. That's it's part Dan. of the job. Michelle is here. I'm Randy. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Take it or leave it. It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Michelle, Dan, Randy, and Emily with Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. And we are all big fans of uh, the, the Star Wars. We love that Enterprise ship and uh, Captain Kirk and all of that stuff. No, that was Star Trek. Oh, sorry. But we're still big fans. No question. Never we seen are. either, but yes. You haven't seen either? Mm-mm. I'm so, telling you, you need to live a little bit more. You got to go see Heat. You got to get you on Godfather 2, and you got to right. get into Star Wars. You need to just make a list. I will. I'm very task oriented. So if you give me a list, you used I'll to send me a list of my documentaries that I still have that I'm trying to get that's through. That's right. That's okay. right. Sorry, Randy. No problem. So the other day, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers wearing a Star Wars sweatshirt. I don't know if he was wearing the Spock ears or not. He, but was, he was not. No. Okay. No. That's he, that's Star Trek too. Oh, oh, okay. But he was wearing the Star Wars. Live long and prosper. Oh yeah, I know that one. The fingers. Oh, yeah, I there you go. That too. All right. Yeah. All right. And Mark Hamill, Star Wars star, tweeted Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, famous guy. Oh wow. Of all the sweatshirts he could have worn, he had to take full responsibility in that one. <laughs> Take it or leave it. That's one of the best troll jobs ever. Pretty good. I'm going to take it. <laughs> I'm going to take it, too. I liked it. It was good. <laughs> Very impressive. You have to choose that one? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Okay, well, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he looks like he'll return this weekend, and so will Russell Wilson as the Seattle Seahawks take on the Green Bay Packers. Take it or leave it. You don't feel great about either one of these quarterbacks returning this weekend. I'll take that. Who's, who's Rodgers and who's the other one? Russ, who's coming back Against from the finger Russell Wilson. Russell yeah. Wilson, yes, excuse me. Uh-huh. Coming back from the finger injury. Oh, man, I'll be glued to my TV on both of those. They're playing each other, huh? Correct, at yeah. Lambeau. It'll be a shootout. Oh. But I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to look like, how he's going to feel after code. He says he feels good, but, mm-hmm. you know, you never really know. And Russell Wilson coming back pretty early from this finger injury. He says he feels great, but... You don't know what it's like during the no. game. I don't know what either one of these guys is going to look like. Well, you guys know that I uh, I fully believe Matt Carpenter will be a Cardinals Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. Will he be a Cardinals Hall of Famer? I'm curious what you guys think. Take, Take it. it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty steadfast in thinking he will. He'll get voted in. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And okay. I think he'll be a great Cardinals Hall of Famer. I think he will, too. I, I, I envision him of having some type of role um, with the club. I don't know what that'll be. I know there's... You know, they have those kind of dual roles prior to COVID, which was, you know, Jimmy Edmonds being down there in spring training and and guys showing up. And Ryan Ludwig is now pre-COVID back with the team after COVID. You know, Ryan Franklin had that. Uh, Matt Holiday is going to be more visible at the ballpark this year. I talked to him the other day and and, um, you're going to see him around a little bit more. His son, by the way, is got a chance to be one of the top draft choices coming up um so that's one of the reasons that he wanted to be with his son is that they were actually visiting with prospective um advisors if you will mm-hmm. you know so that's how it works in baseball but um that's how baseball go that's how it do and um <laughs> so you're going to see those kind of guys and i think that carpenter would have that kind of role I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get into the media side of this thing too really I could see that. Very well spoken. He was great mm-hmm. with you and BK the other uh, he's, day. He's great. I mean, I've been around Matt his entire career. He's he's great. Wouldn't it be something, by the way, to see a Holiday and a McGuire both go in the first round of the 2022 draft? Amazing. Is I didn't know Big Mac's kids were that good. Matt, I knew uh, good. The, the younger one is projected to be a high pick. Is that right? Yeah. 
uh, the, the the older one, I think that's Mason, is at Oklahoma already. And Max has already committed to Oklahoma to play with his brother. Cool. But he might get drafted early. Are they... Um uh, dual guys in terms of pitchers and no, hitters. They're, they're hitters. They're, they're, oh, they all hit. Okay. Are they are they big? Are they tall? The younger one apparently is Big Mac. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I want to go back really quickly to what you said about Matt Carpenter. And we talked about this yesterday. In your interview with Matt, he talked about how he's a coach's son and how yeah. he always did whatever was necessary to help the team <clears throat> win. He would be as flexible as need be. Whenever you hear younger players talk about Matt Carpenter, a lot of guys go out of their way to talk about how Matt Carpenter helped mentor them and what he meant to the clubhouse. If I'm the Cardinals and I've watched him be that type of player, I want to make sure that he's around in the organization. I want to make sure that young players are looking at some like Matt Carpenter, especially now when everybody's about me, 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 my stats, my highlights, my social media brand. I think it's very valuable to have someone like Matt Carpenter who can teach people it's about the team. Well, I'll give you a great example of that following up is Jason Isringhausen. So Jason Isringhausen um, earned his way to the big leagues with the Mets and it was Pulsifer, Wilson, Izzy. Mm -hmm. And you guys probably remember that. That was the big trio. The Mets always have these guys that come through and it seems like they come in numbers with their pitching. And none of them panned out in New York. And so then he goes to Oakland and Billy Bean puts him in as a closer. He thrives. And then it becomes he signs with the Cardinals and becomes a Cardinal Hall of Famer. And my point is, when you're a closer and doing it at home, more times than not, he was getting the job done. But it was really tough. I mean, his mom and dad were hearing it from fans when they're sitting in the stands. Hey, you stink. You're terrible. Oh, we love you. But the point is, it's the ups and downs and the ebbs and the flows of both what happens on and off the field. He is a tremendous mentor to these kids when they send them down to the minor leagues. Like, mm-hmm. they'll tell them, hey, go, when you're in Memphis, go talk to Joe Blow. When you go to Peoria, go talk to Joe. He's having some problems off the field. And then it's some guy that's coming back from surgery. And there's the mental side of that, too, is very tough. Yeah. I think Izzy has now 18 surgeries since mm. his playing career. I mean, in it and now post. So my point is, those are the kind of guys that you want to keep in your organization and the Cardinals have done that. So that's why I think Carpenter would be perfect too. There's a five-year college player that makes it to the big leagues signing for a thousand bucks and coach's son. So yeah, I, I, there is, there's great info there and, and guys that can help. Let's get to a couple of texts. Emily, what do you got for us? From the 618, take it or leave it with Posey retiring. The Cardinals should send Kisner and DeYoung to San Francisco for Brandon Crawford. I'm going to leave that. But Brandon Crawford's a 5 and 10. He's never leaving. He's from San Francisco. He's never leaving, leaving San Francisco. I'm going to leave it. What, what if they would take that deal, though? Oh, you take it. <laughs> yeah. But it ain't going to happen. No, it's not going to happen, no. but you'd certainly be intrigued by and that. And their first-round choice four years ago, Joey Bart, top five pick in the draft, is going to be their catcher. By the way, um, famous picture in the front of the San Francisco Chronicle in 1991 or 92. Giants are getting ready to go to Tampa Bay. It's, it's a done deal. They're leaving. It's over. Uh, they can't get the ballpark done, which now they have in the China Basin in San Francisco. And it's just amazing as Peter McGowan and his group stepped up. The picture in the front is a young, upset kid holding a sign, something like, please don't take the Giants or something mm-hmm. like that away from me. That young man was Brandon Crawford. Yeah. It said, Mr. White, do what's right. Keep Giants in SF. That's wow. it. I just yep. found it, yeah. That was Brandon Crawford. And now he becomes one of their all-time greats. That's pretty a movie. Cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. From the- it's about uh, him and Brenda. 
Randy, that sounds like a shot at the Warner movie. Oh, no, uh-uh. No, not at all. That is your guy, and I, I, I think you need to retract that Brenda comment. It's, it is about it him and Brenda. Brenda Crawford. I just, we saw the movie. It's about their love story. Just saying. Is that Brandon Crawford's wife, Brenda? I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. From, Go ahead, Emily. From the 618, take it or leave it. Trade for Jose Ramirez. He can play anywhere on the infield, plus his contract is very team-friendly. Only thing is, would you give up Gorman for him? No. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. And I don't think the Cardinals want to give up six years of control for one year of control. Well, and the other thing is, where's he going to play? Well, you can play him at second base. He ain't going to play third. No, he's not. He ain't going to play first. No, he's not. He ain't going to play short. Nope. So second is the spot. <laughs> All right, then. But I don't see that happening either. I but, love him. He's a great player. Yeah, but, but it, you know. hey, this is a, a money game. And six years of control versus one year of control. Number Your number one prospect versus a guy that you, admittedly, awesome player, but you'd only have him for one year. And then after that, he's going to sign for $30 million a year. And the Cardinals aren't going to do that. All right, then, Randy. I'm just Calm saying. down. No, I think we're on the same page here. <laughs> All right. Don't yell at me like that. It's supposed to be general, nice Friday morning conversation. Randy, we have a text from the 618 that says, Randy, what is Scooty Booty up to? Okay, this is important. Uh, Scooty Booty. That is what we call a tease, the latest on Scooty Booty. (laughs) Coming up next on today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. In St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us here on 101 ESPN. We know there is incessant interest in the doings of Scooty Booty. <laughs> One Skirte Lika from Pittsburgh, who attended the University of Pennsylvania, an aspiring, if not current, dental hygienist who happens to be the significant other of. Devin Bush Jr., linebacker for the Steelers and the son of former Ram safety Devin Bush. Really good guy, Devin Bush uh, Sr. And uh, the last we know of Scooty, and by the way, I'm not on the old TikTok. Apparently she is. But uh, she did go to the Steelers-Browns game in Cleveland a couple of weeks ago wearing her number 55 Devin Bush jersey. She has a front and back photo of herself wearing the the black leather pants and the black Devin Bush jersey. And the Steelers did win the game 15-10, to 10, and Devin Bush had a good game. So Love it. Thanks, the, Scooty. The, 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 uh, the, the pairing of Scooty and Devin apparently is thriving. Tremendous. So. You see Paris Hilton got uh, married last night. I did. My friend Donna no. was at the wedding. No Come way. on. Yeah, my friend Donna used to work for Carter, who is Paris's now husband, and was at the wedding. And really? it looked like a very elegant and extravagant affair. He's a financial guru. He is. Yeah, she used to work for him. Mm. I read somewhere or saw on something important like People magazine that she actually has kind of grown up and become more responsible in her. She's not. She's 40, I think. Did you ever watch a documentary on her? No. She's, this is Paris Hilton we're talking she's about. She's been through some stuff, Paris, that um, she now, she was at a sleepaway camp and had some abuse happen to her. And mm. she talked about it in her documentary and really shed some light into these camps and 
the way that they are mismanaged. And she's actually gone to Capitol Hill and advocated for abuse victims that. and to get some of these camps disbanded. She's really done some positive things. So that's where America is, as Paris Hilton is going to Capitol Hill. And Kim Kardashian, too. Yeah, right. It's great. Terrific. We live in the best country in the world. We're free. I love this place. And Kimmy K. We have our issues, yeah. but she she it's moves the best on. country in the world. Yeah. She moves on from Kanye, and uh, she she stays in the entertainment business, though. Well, right? Kanye is uh, Kanye was quoted as saying the other day that uh, he he was saying basically, "Hey, that's my wife." And people are saying, "Well, wait a minute, you guys are getting divorced?" And he's you know he's still talking about them being a, a couple, Randy. She is still on the Insta, by the way. Who, Scooty? Uh, no, this is Kim K. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but KK Dub, because she's still listed as Kim Kardashian West mm-hmm. on the Insta. Mm. Very so, nice. So you're learning a lot here today. We should get Scooty Booty on the show. Oh, let's work on that. Yeah, we'll t- say, hey, you're a future father-in-law. You know how Benifer is like Jennifer and Ben Affleck? It's mm-hmm. Benifer. What's What's Booty and Bush? Scooty Booty well, and Devin is, Bush. What's Booty and Bush? This is something we probably shouldn't be doing on a radio show. I'm you guys, saying we should get some sort of a yeah. celebrity name for them. When yeah. Randy was working at KMOX, Jack would come in and say, there's that couple, Roan. And it was Randy and Joan. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> you know, those, those were Roan. the days. Roan. So How are uh, you? We have our, a lot of <laughs> a lot of NFL, a lot of football this weekend here on 101 ESPN. Sunday, we've got Browns Patriots at noon, Panthers Cardinals at three, and then we have a Blues game that night. But the big stories yesterday, speaking of the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton back in the league. He signs to return to Carolina where he won the 2015 MVP. Do you really think that he has any gas left in the tank? We'll find out. I think that their situation there, their quarterback situation, isn't great. And so why not bring Cam Newton in the fold and see what he's got left? I'm sure the fans are excited about it because they'll think, like Cardinal fans think that you can bring back Pujols and he'll be good for them just because he's Albert. I have to believe that that's what they're thinking in Carolina as fans. Oh, he did it here once. He's only seven years older. He can do it again. Superman's back. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the postgame wardrobes. That's important. Yeah. I wonder if I'm we'll see yeah, that, Of though. course, always. Because former XFL star P.J. Walker, Houston. Uh, J.J. Walker? No, this is P.J. Dynamite? No, this is not Dynamite. Oh, okay. But he's going to be their starter with the injury to Sam Darnold. Oh, okay. Oh, you'll still see a Cam Newton postgame look. Whether you see it on Instagram or you see it in a press conference, you're going to see it. Yeah. And, and I like that look, Randy, and I think that's something you need to add to your repertoire. You think so, huh? Well, we got you down when you're clubbing, like tonight when you go out to the chain, you got the tat. You know, you got the sweatpants. <laughs> yep. After the Billiken game. But maybe in a Billiken game, something a little bit different. Maybe show up in uh, some type of, uh, you know, like, like a suit with a vest and a top hat. I think that would look good. I think I need to work on that. You know what Cam Newton wears a lot that, that a lot of guys don't try? Is Cam Newton is not afraid of a scarf. He's not afraid of a hat. He's not afraid of an accessory. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I think Randy working some accessories. I think we should. Uh, Cam. We need to. And. I don't know if we could do this with men's and women's clothing here, but I'm just going to speak for Randy and, and I. Sure. Is that we need to get a men's clothier as a sponsor right now. And we'll, we'll be happy to, when you guys listen to this on the radio, say wardrobe brought to you by, even though you can't see us. What do you think? I love the idea. Okay. Yeah. So if you're a men's clothier out there, just yeah. uh, text us and uh, let's get it going. Yeah, 65780. One other quick note here. Odell Beckham that. Jr. signs with... The Rams, they already have a number 13. Their backup quarterback is number 13. Is it ridiculous 
that 13 has not been retired by the Los Angeles Rams in honor of Kurt Warner? I, you know, well, he wasn't theirs. But Isaac Bruce's number is retired. But Isaac played at least one season in L.A. I'm sure they'll do that Marshall at some Falk's point. Marshall number is retired? Mm. What about Pace? They're not retired. No. Okay. Um, I think they'll have a ode to the past, but they're not going to go out of their way to recognize well, what's going on in St. Louis. One of the things that DeMarco told us is that one of the things they forgot in building SoFi Stadium is a spot for a ring of honor. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. yeah. And you had your ring of honor here. Yeah. You know, um, and I, ask for a museum when they ask for their $700 million in upgrades to the dome to lock in the lease for another 10 years through 2024. They wanted a Rams museum inside the dome, but then they don't think of it when they build their own stadium with their own financing. They were too worried about the Jumbotron to think about a ring of honor. Yeah, good point. One of the things that was disappointing for me when they honored Isaac, uh, I guess it was not, it was it last Sunday on Sunday Night Football, was the fact that he didn't have that here. I mean, it just, it bugs me. You know, you, you get the, the gold jackets all around, you get, uh, um, you know, you get Warner, you get Falk, you get Isaac, you get Pace. And they're all standing around the statue, the helmet, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is, the statue, I guess, and wearing their, their Super Bowl and their... The bust. Yeah, the bust. Thank you. And the Hall of Fame rings. I mean, those guys were beloved here in St. Louis, and they just will not get their due. Maybe that, maybe you do something. If the Cardinals are listening, I'll, talk, I'll give those guys a call, and we do something for Isaac uh, before a game this year. That'd be special. People would, be. I think, enjoy that. Well, That'd I remember when the Rams were terrible, and they had a greatest show on turf reunion, yeah. and the place was going crazy. Crazy, yep. It was packed. Yep. Even when the the product on the field wasn't good. So there's your Scooty Booty update and more on your fresh take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joey Vitale talking some blues on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Eric Smallman and Danny Mac on 101 ESPN, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. It's time to head into the Blues booth, and Joey V, Joe Vitale, Blues analyst on 101 ESPN, joins us as he does every Friday morning. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, Randy. Good morning, guys. I'm doing really good. How are you today? Everything's good. That was a disappointing finish last night. You know what? It was a disappointing finish, but tell you what, what a great game. It was a great I mean, game. Uh, yeah, fan of hockey. That was, that was maybe the most physical, I think, uh, just kind of anxious on the edge of your seat game. I think we've seen all season, which is, I think is awesome because you look at the Nashville Predators where we haven't seen them in, you know, a little while now. And now they're obviously a part of the division and the way things are set up. And this is a, a heavy team again, that's in the central, which, you know, uh, you go back a few years, it's always been Colorado and Vegas and Minnesota's always had that heavy style. Right. But to me, Nashville and Chicago, they always had this kind of aura about them where they were just kind of like those high-end skilled guys, running gun, not too physical. But this is great because I think the Nashville Predators really have turned their identity on its head. You know, with John Heinz, their head coach, I had him in the minors. He's a he's just a hard-nosed kind of guy. They got some really good pieces. Janot was one of them. McLaren got in a fight and some big hits. So I like, I like what's kind of happening between Nashville and St. Louis. Two heavy teams going at it in the Central Division. One of the positives last night, Joey, was Jordan Cairo. He is just electric at times, and it seems like the sky's the limit for this young player. It really is, Michelle. And, you know, I said since the beginning of the season, there's not a player on this team really that brings me on my edge like like Jordan Cairo because uh, really it's his speed. His speed really 
sets him apart from everything else. But not only not only his speed, but really just what he can produce with that speed. You know, uh, let me give you an example. Like Mackenzie McEachern, he was probably just as fast as Jordan Cairo. But, you know, it's really a challenge when you are that fast to kind of have your head and hands connect with your feet where you can kind of produce and do things with the puck that you want at that top speed. And that's what makes, you know, Jordan Cairo and the, the Connor McDavid's, uh, the Austin Matthews, uh, those kind of players, even Phil Kessel to some degree, that's what makes them so special is because their, their hands and their head are connected to those, these quick feet they have. And I think that's what we're starting to see. I mean, his ability to kind of create space and create speed to the neutral zone, you're seeing the respect from all the defensemen in the league. They're starting to really respect him now. In the first couple of years in the league, they just kind of would keep a close gap in the neutral zone and not really think much of it. And Jordan, you know, he makes maybe some not-so-great plays with the puck at times, maybe a little indecisive, a little hesitant, and lead to turnovers. But now he's getting them puck in the neutral zone. And instead of Roman Yossi last night being, you know, on a six foot rope, you know, with distance and, and the cushion, he's maybe giving him eight feet now because you got to give him that respect. Same with Connor McDavid, who will be in town on Sunday. For Colton Pareko, that that's the biggest thing when you're when you're defending Connor McDavid and, and guys with speed like Jordan Cairo, is you have to give them a little bit more space. You got to give them a little bit more of a cushion because you don't want to get too tight because that's when they can blow right by you. How about Tarasenko? Do you think his start has kind of calmed the waters for, for both his camp and the Blues and the fan base? It's just fun watching him play hockey again. Yeah, it really is, Dan. You know, I think that, you know, he came on the scenes extremely hot this year. I, you know, I think it's fair to say that I think Vladdy's game um, from a, pr- a production standpoint has fallen off a little bit uh, in the previous three games up until last night. And I think that he was kind of riding the high to start the year. And then he was hitting this little bit of a lull. And, and then, you know, the lull, the, the key about those lulls is you got to get out of them quick. And I think that goal last night, to me, that, that was a big, big moment for him because now he's kind of out of that, that little bit of a lull of a slump where he isn't producing in the last couple of games as much as he was in the first five or six, let's say. And, you know, you talk to Ryan O'Reilly, and I, I love his dad, Brian. He's a terrific uh, mental coach and life coach and a sports psychologist. He said the key really um, to being a great player um, for Vladdy's situation in this case, the key to becoming a great player at any sport you do is keeping those lulls and keeping those valleys very, very short. You know, so you look at you look at the season, right, on like a graph, like the ups and the downs of a season, right? You know, so Jordan Kyrie is on a high. Uh, Tara Singer for, for a while was on high. And then eventually you're going to hit these little dips. It, it, it's, it's, it's common. It's going to happen to everybody, right? But the key is you want to keep those dips very short. And when you're in those dips, you've got to figure out a way to get out of them very quickly. And I think for Vladdy last night, you know, that off-angle shot, just throw it to the net for something. I actually thought he was looking for a pass. Just kind of throw some, some chaotic because there wasn't much there. But he throws it at the net. He takes a chance on it. It finds a little hole like most goal scorers do. And now he's back in the scoring column, and he's got confidence heading to Carolina today. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. So that's how you become a good player. Joey V, I brought in my junior high school transcript for Michelle and Dan to see, and it is not flattering for me. It is not a very impressive group of grades that I compiled as a high school student. As a matter of fact, I think some people might say my grades were bad. You're a good student. You're a smart guy. How, for the kids that are listening out there, how do you be a good student? How do you learn well? Oh, man, that's a fully loaded question, Randy. And I, I, you should not be asking this question because it has not been a good week in the Vitaly household because report cards came out last week. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, I love my children. Uh, they're very kind. Uh, but I will say school maybe has not been their str- strong point. And you know what? I, I, I have myself to blame. 
I just blame me. I blame myself. I tell my wife, you know what? I was a I was a lackluster student. I was lazy at times. I just wanted to get done. I just wanted to get through it. You know, my dad uh, said something to me. I'll never forget when I used to get report cards. I got a satisfactory, or no, I got an unsatisfactory in conduct. I'll never forget. I was in third grade with Miss Rutledge and St. Justin, the martyr school over there in South County. Mm-hmm. And I got pretty good grades, A's and B's. But on conduct, it said unsatisfactory. Okay, so my dad looked at it and he said, Joe. There's one mark I care about. This is the only mark I care about is your conduct. The grades, they're going to fluctuate. They're going to go up and down, but I only care about your conduct. Now, I told my kids this a couple years ago because, you know, they had a pretty good report card, but then under conduct, there's always comments about, are you, are you kind? Are you, are you giving? Do you care about others first? Are you compassionate? Do you share at recess? Do you get along with people? Do you participate in class? Like, that's all conduct. And I told my kids this. And a couple of years ago, I said, guys, this is the only grade I care about. Math, science, we can work on that. That's correctable. But I want you to be a good person, and I want you to go to school, and I want you to be a giver. Don't be a taker. So I said all this, had a great speech, just like my dad did. And, boy, my kids' grades are absolutely dreadful. So they come home, they come home last week, and my wife is just giving me the glare. Because looking over these grades, I'm like, wow, we got a lot, we got a lot of things we got to work on. And she goes, but dad, look, my conduct. And I'm like, dad, look, my conduct. And their conducts are fa- fabulous. They're great kids, but their grades are terrible. I'm like, oh boy, I think I really screwed this thing up. So my wife's kind of giving me that eye. We're like, oh boy, you're in trouble now. So we had to kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit. Where uh, yes, we are proud of the conduct, but. At the same time, there are some things you probably need to work on, so we're, we're down that route. So, Randy, answer your question. Um, you weren't a good student. I wasn't a good student. At the end of the day, um, I think it worked out well for both of us. Agreed. I think it always works out well for people. So just hang in there. Try to be a good person, and I think life will turn out well for you. Joey, were your kids proud to hand you their report card, even though the grades weren't great, but the conduct was high? A thousand percent. A thousand. <laughs> my, my kids are, are confident uh, to the point where it's like uh, they're, they're arrogant to the fact that they don't even know they're getting bad grades. They, they don't even show me their grades. Like, it's not even that big of a deal because, like, you know what? It's all, it's all about being a good person. So, yeah, there's got to be some balance in there, Michelle. But, no, they were, they were super proud of it. And uh, I think a lot of parents can relate when, you know, sports, for example, to tie this back into sports, you watch your kid play a sport and they're just, you know, different ages are funny, but they're just like not in it. They're not active. They're not aggressive. They're not doing anything. They lose the game seven, nothing. And you come up to them at the end of the game. Hey, how'd you like it? Did you have fun? How, how was the game? I thought it was great. I, I, I was flying out there. I, let's go get some ice cream, dad. And you kind of need to bite your tongue because you got to appreciate uh, just the, the childlike honesty and confidence in these kids, and we got to try to never uh, never tear that apart, I guess. You know, in a way, <clears throat> you could say that your kids are being smart because, you know, they, they all of a sudden they're a little lackluster in the classroom, but yet, hey, Dad, check this out, did pretty well. I mean, they kind of, you know, they're navigating around, getting in trouble, and uh, I look at it as maybe a smart play on their end. You're not you're not wrong at all, Dan. Just yeah. you know, getting it done, figuring out a way to figure it out, and just to get it done. Yeah. And then uh, another story, you know, coaches uh, in hockey. I don't know how other sports are, but coaches in hockey would always, always. I mean, Dan Bilesma, um, you know, whoever, just uh, any coach I had would come up to players at the next day after a game. So like today, Craig Berube would go up to a lot of players, for example, and I never forget this. They always come up to players and they would ask you, "Hey, how do you feel like your game went last night?" You know, and at the beginning of my career, and a lot of guys at the beginning of their career were like, ah, you know what, it was okay. You know, I probably could have, you know, done a couple more chips here. I probably could have countered there. And, and they start getting all the negatives of their game. And the coach sits back and listens, and, and then he'll, he'll talk about what the player said. And I'll never forget it, Matt Cook, in my third year in Pittsburgh, and he said, whenever the coach asks you, how did you feel about your game last night? Just say great. 
just say all positive things, say you were flying, you had good legs, a couple good chances, one's going to go here soon. And I asked him why, and he said, because, Joe, they have so much going on, they don't really know how your game went. Like, you gotta, you got to play the mind game where you play well. And, you know, I started doing that. I started doing that after I even played bad, and the coach was like, would be like, you know, I agree. You had some good chances. Like your, your legs were good. Keep it up. And then they walk away. I was like, why did it take me three years to figure this out? So the kids, you're right, Dan. They're smart because they're yep. getting ahead of it. That's right. <laughs> I see you navigate and you, you adjust on the fly. And they, they've got you in a corner because you, you did say, hey, you know, I got, I'm trying to make sure you're a good kid. Well, Dad, we were a good kid. Okay, oh. so get off my back. The, the, pro- the problem with parenting, I'm starting to realize, is that I'm, I'm a child myself. And, no. And I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I'll be honest, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think any parent out there should be honest with themselves, look themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a child. I haven't grown up. How the heck am I supposed to navigate and raise other children when I'm still this, like, childlike spirit that's just trying to – be responsible and figure this out. But meanwhile, I'm responsible for these kids. It doesn't make any sense. So just try to keep that in mind. Hey, hey Joey, let me ask you a question. So you've seen Raising Arizona, right? I have not seen Raising Arizona. Oh, my God. Sorry. Is that one of the old, old movies that only old people watch? You call me old? Is that what you're doing, Joey? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. I see you going down that road. Okay, I'm on your kid's side now for sure. Um, but there's the, the scene when they're going to get the, uh, you know, the, these guys take over and they, they steal the baby and they got, uh, it's Dr. Spock, mm-hmm. you know, the, the book on how to raise a kid. By the way, you have what? You got five kids? I got four. There's nothing in that book that can tell me how to raise a kid. I'm sorry. There's nothing. It's all trial. And, I mean, it's, yeah, it it's, it's just, Randy, you got kids? You have no idea. Totally you totally. can't read a book on how to raise a kid. No. It's insanity. That's it, all there it, is to it. It is insanity. And I think that the fact that I'm starting to learn too, Dan, is just to be vulnerable and just to be be open and tell your kids that you make mistakes too because I think they, they at least see the human in you that you're not perfect. You know, like my wife and I, we, we do this thing where we, we bicker and we quarrel about stupid things and our kids every now and then will witness that. Cause you know, I got five kids, like they're crawling off the walls. We, we can't find any, we can't find a quiet room to have an argument. So like they're always around, right? Like a little fly. Anyway, I'm so, there, well, Joey. I, I'm, I've been in your spot. Now mine are getting a little bit older. They will. Then all of a sudden you're going to miss them that they are not hovering over your shoulder. So exactly. it, it goes that way. Exactly. And, you know, like, we'll, we'll do that fighting thing. And, and then now we do this thing where, you know, she's like, okay, we're, we're better now. Like, yeah, we're good. She goes, I need you now to apologize in front of the kids because I think it's important that they see that you were wrong and we can make up. <laughs> so she gives me the look and she's like, she's like, got anything to say? We're at dinner. Got anything to say, Dad? Like, oh, uh, yeah, huh? I was just, I want to tell you I was really sorry. I was really wrong. And the kids' eyes are, like, going back and forth looking at us <laughs> right now. And, but, no, I think it's good that they, they see the human side. And, you know, again, we're – we're all just a bunch of wounded ducks right now and, and trying to navigate this world ourselves. So it's hard enough as, as, as that is to then try to put the responsibility on trying to raise another kid. So be vulnerable. I don't know. Just tell the kids, you know, you're, you're human too. And you make lots of errors and mistakes and, and I don't know, just go with it, have some fun and try to enjoy life as best you can. Joey, you're always fun. Have fun in Carolina, by the way. And thanks for taking some time with us. Yeah. Looking forward to it. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy this uh, nice fall weather and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. You bet. See you later. That's Joe Vitale joining us as he does every Friday here on 101 ESPN. And he's always got some knowledge and, and fun. Next up, it's the fight. We're right back to the character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Welcome to
It's fight time on Karen Smallman and Danny Mac here on 101 ESPN. Let's bring in the fighter that Dan will undoubtedly be cheering for today. Roshan is with us. Good morning, Roshan. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. How are you? We're doing great here. Roshan, this is my question. I always ask the uh, listener, and you are no average Joe listener, okay? You're going to beat Randy today. Uh, <laughs> what do you do for a living that allows you to listen to this fine program? So I'm a contractor for Missouri American Water, so I spend a lot of time in my truck, and uh, I listen to, to the station almost all day. Well, awesome. we appreciate it very much. Good luck, and let's beat Randy, okay? You got it. Let's all do right. it. We are pulling for Rashawn today. All yes, right, we qu- are. Question number one. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. signed a one-year contract to join the Rams yesterday. OBJ was drafted 12th overall in the 2014 NFL draft out of which school? Is it Ole Miss, LSU, or Texas A&M? Uh, LSU. Who was the first Cardinal to hit a home run in their first major league at bat? Was it Pepper Martin, Eddie Morgan, or Joe Medwick? Wow. Yeah, this one uh, I, I didn't. This one was tough. Ah, uh, man, I think the only name I know is Medwick. Let's go with Medwick. Okay. Question number three: Who has scored the most power play goals in Blues franchise history? Is it Brett Hall? Is it Bernie Federico? Or is it Brian Sutter? Go with Barney Federico. Who is SLU men's basketball's all-time career points leader? Erwin Claggett, Roland Gray, or Anthony Bonner? Oof. Got to be Claggett or Bonner, I'm thinking. Um, go with AB. Uh, All Anthony right. Bonner. Got, got it. Yep. Score check, score check. Waving in Randy. AB had a nice uh, pro career as well. Huh? Yes, sir. Randy got a diet, Dr. Pepper. Here comes Randy. Feeling up today. Randy, as you get settled in, I'll wait till you get your headset on. But our guest slash your challenger this morning is Rashawn. So say good morning to him. Rashawn, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Randy. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We love having you with us. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Randy, ready? Ready. Wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. signed a one-year contract to join the Rams yesterday. Mm-hmm. You're aware of that. Mm-hmm. OBJ was drafted 12th overall in the 2014 NFL draft. Out of which school? He was drafted out of Louisiana State University. He was a compadre, a receiving partner at LSU of Jarvis Landry, whom he played with in Cleveland as well. LSU <laughs> Tiger. Who was the go, uh, go Tigers? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> Who was the first Cardinal to hit a home run in their first major league at bat? First major league at bat. The only Cardinal to do that? Or the first. The first. Yeah, okay. not the only because okay. there's multiple. Yeah. But Wayno uh, did that, right? Yeah, Wayno did it. Home run McDonald did it. Yeah, Keith McDonald, uh, Rich Chris Richard. Uh, I'll take the uh, the old lifeline here. Pepper Martin. Pepper. Eddie Morgan. Eddie Morgan. Joe Medwick. Ducky. (laughs) I am going to go with uh, the guy I've never heard of before. I think this is the play here. You've heard of Joe Medwick. Oh, I've heard of Ducky. You've heard of Pepper Martin. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, You've you've heard of Eddie Morgan. Eddie Morgan. That's the guy. Try and go. I'll go with him. Final. Final. Yeah. Final answer. Final answer. Randy, who scored the most power play goals in Blues franchise history? I'm going to go with the guy that scored the most goals. I'm going to go with Brett Hall. Thanks, guys. Who is SLU men's basketball's all-time career points leader? All-time career points leader for 
St. Louis University. We're going to visit, by the way, with Travis Ford coming up, I believe, Good. next hour. Yes. I believe he leads in points and rebounds. I'm going to go with Anthony Bonner, Danny. I'm going to go with Anthony Bonner. <sighs> Emily, ring the bell. Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. Brought to you by Optical Expressions. Providing St. Louis with top quality eye care and eyewear since 1997. Just win, baby. Roshan, I'm so sorry. As soon as I saw Don't Randy, laugh at that, Roshan. It's as, not funny. As soon as I saw him walk in the studio with the DDP, I knew it was over. I'm sorry. Hey, I, 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 was it Mega Man? I, I knew. I, I kind of had a. I, I knew. I knew. Oh, don't give it. Just stop. Well, you all did right? good. You got two You're right. The best, my man. You got two right, though. Randy got all four. Obviously, we heard there he got the jack. So, Odell Beckham Jr. was drafted 12th overall in the 2014 NFL Draft out of LSU. Go Tigers. As we know, he. Uh, he got in a little bit of trouble, too, for handing out some cash on the field. Mm. Yeah, that's remember? right. He yeah, did. Mm-hmm. Well, it just went in his pocket, and then he felt he had to give back. That's, that's right. what you do. Just give it back to the school. That's right. Uh, first, it was play money. Wasn't it play money? Yes, yes, exactly. That's right. Good memory. Good call. Uh, First Cardinal to hit a home run in their first major league at bat. You have to go back to 1936. I did not know this, but uh, it is the guy that I had not been familiar with, too. Eddie Morgan, April 14th of 1936 against the Cubs. The the person who has scored the most power play goals in Blues franchise history is, in fact, Brett Hall, 195. Bernie Federko is second on that list with 117. And Brian Sutter, Sudsy, uh, Randall. Sudsy mm-hmm. at uh, 107. And Anthony Bonner, AB, great player, great pro career. See him at the slew games every once in a while. He had 1,972 points, and uh, that was in the mid-'80s to the early-'90s. Um, all-time leader in career points. And then second was uh, the uh, Venice Menace, Erwin Claggett, mm-hmm. great shooter. And then Roland Gray, um, he had uh, he was third at just over or just shy of 1,900. So there you go. Rashawn, it was great talking to you. We hope that you have a great uh, weekend. And thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. My pleasure. You guys have a good weekend as well. Thank, Thank you. you, sir. Appreciate it. Win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. What's I, wrong, Michelle? Mm-hmm. I don't think you, you should be doing that stuff. I'm only on this show two uh, days a week. And, and I don't think you should do that. Why do you think I shouldn't do that, Dan? Because these listeners are giving you their time to take in your show, and then you you get after them well, after you win. Here's what I say to everybody. <laughs> Don't you agree, Michelle? I agree. Thank Dan. you. Here's, here's what I say to everybody who calls in. Don't stop that is the worst thing that they allowed you to bring into the studio. <laughs> is it the it, worst? It's the worst. By the way, we did learn this morning another thing. Uh, we've, we've learned a lot. We've mm-hmm. learned the latest on Scooty Booty. Yeah. Some stuff like that. Greg Amsinger is addicted to golf. It's pouring, apparently, in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, and he's out on the golf course playing golf. So that's why he wasn't able to join. He says he's trying to get as much golf in before the really bad weather hits. I understand that. But maybe he could take a pause in the clubhouse because we need to talk to Greg. I told him. We love our our weekly visits with Greg. He he said definitely next week. And I said, you're addicted. And what did you say? He got back on the, started hitting again. So he doesn't even it's know he's addicted game, yet. man. Yep. Coming up next, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. 
It is time for... You're killing me, Smalls. Well, there's one new name on the list of NFL players that we need to hate, and that's Odell Beckham Jr., who agreed to a one-year contract with the L.A. Rams yesterday. He's joining that offense led by quarterback Matthew Stafford. He includes Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. Odell Beckham Jr., the latest Los Angeles Rams. He likes... Ram, singular. Yeah, he likes being the number one receiver, and he's not going to be that in L.A. I'm... I'm interested to see how this works out. So am I. And I, I think the Rams weren't really even on people's radar. There was a lot of reports out there that he was considering the Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints, even teams like the Patriots and the Seahawks were being floated about. I hadn't heard anyone suggest the Rams. I think LeBron wanted him out there and the, he and LeBron are buddies. The one thing that you got to say about the Rams is that, uh, and I hope they come up short every game they play in. Uh, but I have been doing some thinking about this. Boy, it would have been nice to see them actually try to win in St. Louis. Ugh. You know, go get Von Miller. Yeah. Go get Matthew Stafford. Would have been great. Bring in OBJ. Actually try to win. That and, wasn't going to happen here. And so now you, you get the Super Bowl at SoFi, and, and obviously they want to win and uh, do it at their home field like Tampa was able to do last year. But, uh, boy, it'd be great if they came up short. But why didn't they do it here? It's just it, it I just can't figure it out. It's really tough to figure out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're killing me, small. Do you think maybe they're trying to do it before their owner has to write a big old check and might not have the same amount of funds he has? Do you think that plays into this at all, or do you think it's all Super Bowl motivated because it's in SoFi this year? They still have a lot of PSLs available, and you don't win there until you win there. And you need to win championships with stars. You can't just win a championship. You need to win championships with stars. Their problem is, if the playoffs started today, they're at Green Bay for their first playoff game, and then they have to get through Tampa Bay, and they have to get through Arizona, and they haven't beaten Arizona yet. And they, they lost to them at home, at SoFi. They're going to the Super Bowl. You don't think so? Oh, all right. Stephen A. Smith, Randy, agrees with you. He says there's no excuse for Odell to head to L.A. and play for the Rams. Oh, this is what it's all about right here. Odell Beckham Jr. going to the Rams. Let me tell you something right now. They definitely going for it. Odell Beckham Jr., the joint cup, Woods, Matthew Stafford, and the crew. You got the defense. You got the offense. That means you have no excuses. Think this was the right move for Odell. It appears to be the right move. I mean, you're going to be in La La. You're going to be in the sunshine, Southern California weather. You understand? You're vying for a Super Bowl. You make some noise in this particular situation. It could propel your career once more. I think this is the right situation for him. I think he made the right call. I've been saying it all week long. He finally did it. We'll see if it works out. But I like this for Odell. Let's face reality. Matthew Stafford, he likes throwing the ball deep. We know that. It might not necessarily be the case with Baker. We'll see. Well, that's some hot taking right there. That is hot. That's that's a scorcher. That's coming right off. Um, what was that steakhouse? Sizzler. That's a sizzler right there, oh, Randall. Sizzler. Yeah. yeah are that, you okay, Dan? Do you need some salve for no, those burns I, from that hot take? That, that, that's hot taking right there. <laughs> I would argue, hot. The take. last time that Odell Beckham Jr. had a great season was 2016. 17, he had uh, 300 yards receiving. 18, he had 1,000 receiving. Uh, 19, he had 1,035. Uh, then last year, uh, only played in seven games. 
at 319, and this year has 232 yards. It's been five years since this guy's been great. He's a victim of his own highlight reel because the highs, the one-handed dramatic catch that we're all remembering the end zone, the highs of Odell are so high that he is viewed in a certain lens as a guy that can be that guy all the time, and he hasn't consistently been that guy for a long time. No, he hasn't. No, he's 29, and he's a year removed from a torn ACL. And it, it, even when he was healthy, it's been a long time since he was a, a really good player. I'd still, though, if I'm a team like the Rams, if he's a complimentary player, which he will be, mm-hmm. he's not going to be the number one target. I'd certainly take a look at him. Well, they should have made it more of an effort to keep Deshaun Jackson happy then. Yeah. Because he fits what they're trying. What Odell Beckham is supposed to be for them, Deshaun Jackson is better at. You're killing me, Small. Speaking of the Rams, anytime we can get a Rams versus NFL lawsuit update on the show, we're going to give it to you. And Ben Fredrickson, who has been all over this case alongside you, Randy, had an interesting tweet that he put out. He actually has the indemnification language that Rams owner Stan Kroenke is trying to get out of, the, mm-hmm. the clause that he signed that he's trying to get out of when it comes to this lawsuit. And he posted it on his social media feed. You should follow him at Ben underscore Fred to read it yourself because obviously there's a lot of legal language in here that you'll need to sift through, but I wanted to get both of your reactions to this because I know you saw it, and it seems like Stan is going to have a tough time getting out of this one. Well, Well, let me just say this, Randy, real fast. I'm not a lawyer. I don't understand the law in terms of how the language holds, but just reading it as, as average Joe citizen, and to Michelle's point, it seems like he's on the hook solely. I don't know about that because... Now I read it quickly, so I'm, yeah. I'm full disclosure. But I did read it. I just thought, well, he's yep. he's it's gonna be tough. Talk yeah, to several people that have done a lot of contract work, and apparently, when you do an indemnification, you throw everything at the wall. It's all costs, all judgments, all fees, uh, limited, uh, uh, not limited to, including but not limited to. You, all that legalese goes in there. The way this was written, it says. Any relocating club agrees to indemnify and hold harmless all other member clubs, including their owners, officers, and employees, as well as the league and its employees, in respect of any costs, including legal fees and other litigation expenses incurred in bringing the challenge. Uh, So we're talking costs, legal fees, and litigation expenses. Nowhere in there does it talk about awards or Mm, including and not limited to. To, And that's where he's going to have what I think is a legitimate argument and why he will have a court case against the other NFL owners. How do you, if you could look in the crystal ball and let's say he does have a, a good argument against this and he starts to go against the owners, how do you see that playing out? Do you see a lot of them banding together against Stan? Do you see the, them coming together to try to figure out a way to make all of this go away and satisfy St. Louis? How do you see that playing out? Based on Seth Wickersham's reporting, this is separate than the St. Louis case. Mm-hmm. It certainly looks like. It's he and Jerry Jones and maybe Snyder and Pagula. But the majority, the vast majority of NFL owners seem to be looking out for number one and are against him right now. Hmm. He was the uh, the golden boy there for a minute. He was. Life yeah. comes at you fast. By the way, the last line of this indemnification agreement says, the amount of such costs shall be determined by the commissioner in consultation with the finance committee, and such determination shall be final and binding on any re- relocating club. So there's another one that 
doesn't work in his favor. If he goes to court, he did sign this agreement that says such determination shall be final and binding on any relocating club. But they have to determine whether or not costs include any judgments. Hmm. You're killing me, Smalls. And finally, guys, Chase Young, who had an electric rookie season, been up to a bit of a disappointing start for the Washington football team so far this year. He has only one and a half sacks so far this season, and he missed OTAs. He wasn't there, and I saw this quote, and I wanted to bring it to Dan's attention because it just reminded me of him. Uh So Chase Young was asked about missing OTAs, and he missed them to shoot commercials. He wanted to shoot some commercials, and they were asking if missing OTAs somehow contributed to his slow start. And Chase Young said, I was making money, baby. Got to make the money. None of you would have ducked the money. It's a job. Just like you do your job, I do my job. J-O-B, baby. <laughs> that might be my new favorite player. I was making money, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> follow the money. I read that and I go, that is Danny Mac to a T. Dan oh, always yeah. says, follow the money. That's where it is. And what portion Think did about the, the decisions made in sports. There's another one. I don't care if you're talking about signing a guy or going to do your commercial shoot. Why do you do it? Well, I'm following the money. Right. Cha-ching. Sorry, Randall. Go right ahead, please. It just sounds to me like he was doing commercials, but the myth practice. We're talking practice. Yeah, we're talking practice. Not a game. Not a game. game. We're talking practice. You guys said that yesterday, and um, I went down another YouTube uh, (laughs) rabbit hole yesterday of looking at the greatest post-game or pre-game press conferences. Mm -hmm. I think that's got to be number one. It's. I mean, that's up there. Who is the uh, the the. Jim Morris were Jim was awesome one. Herm Edwards, you play to win the game is on there. You had uh, Hal McRae in Kansas City, but Dennis uh, Green. Who is the uh, oh longtime coach of the Vikings? Dennis Green. No, no, no. Prior to him, Bud Grant. Bud Grant. I think it was Bud Grant. They were talking about uh, why you wouldn't kick a field goal. It, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. You got to look at it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it right I'll now. Check it out. I one would... of my favorites. It's underrated because Mora is so well known for playoffs. <laughs> but one of his one of my favorites is he's saying to the media about the game plan. You think you know, but you don't know. You don't know. We know, but you don't. You don't know. It's really fun. All right. Thanks, Michelle. You're welcome. Coming up next, the Billikens and EIU tonight at Chaffetz Arena. We're going to talk to Travis Ford next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. The St. Louis University Billikens are 2-0, and they play Eastern Illinois tonight over at Chaffetz Arena. Danny Mack will have the call with Scott Highmark, and the Bills trying to go to 3-0. We get a chance to visit with their coach, Travis Ford, who joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Travis, good morning. How you doing? Oh, good morning, guys. Doing great. Just uh, I was listening to your advertising there. I just got off my Peloton, actually. So. Nice. <laughs> I just, yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, as a fellow Peloton rider, who's your favorite instructor? You know, I do Hannah Corbin a lot. I just did a a 30-minute workout with her this morning. Um, I I really like the balance. I think she just got a great workout. I I really enjoy doing her. Well, that's nice. Go ahead, Randy. I I didn't think we were going to go down the Peloton road, but Randy's got a question, I'm I'm sure. I'm always curious because there's so many Peloton riders out there, and everyone has their favorite instructor. You're very loyal to certain instructors. It's a big thing. You're 
You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And uh, I usually, Hannah's usually uh, the one that uh, I, I press on for sure. Well, Coach, you're building up your cardio. Obviously, your team has built up your cardio. Man, you guys are getting up and down the court. Yeah, that's been a point of emphasis for us. We we want to play fast. We need to play fast. Um, you know, so, you know, we when, when you lose 20 points a game and <clears throat> Perkins, you know, you got to find other ways to score. And one way is to try to speed the game up a little bit. And, you know, the opponents in the last couple of games haven't been, you know, the strongest. So it, it's it's been a little easier to, to push the pace. It's going to get a little tougher tonight. Uh, we got a really good opponent tonight. You got Eastern Illinois, and again, uh, you can see the game on Valley Sports. If not, go on down to Chaffetz, enjoy it. It's wide open, and we got fans back in the stands, which has been uh, tremendous. I'm, I'm curious, Coach. They they are led now by Marty Simmons, and he's in his first year, and he was a great college player and had some success at Evansville. Uh, they've played one game, so they lost to Northwestern, uh, eighty to fifty six. Do you go back and look at how Marty was running some of his stuff at Evansville, or is it? Just just different personnel, different year, totally different situation. Yeah, you know, we normally would, um, but we we have really focused on their last game against Northwestern. We have that tape that we can watch and study. Um, and you're exactly right. Marty Simmons is a was an incredible player and a great sure was. coach. Uh, they've got a center inside that we actually recruited. He uh, ended up signing at Illinois and transferred to Eastern Illinois this season. 6'10", young man who's lefty, really, really talented. Uh, they've done a really good job in bringing in some Division One transfers. They have three Division One transfers, some junior college players, and he's really done in his first year a good job of putting together a talented basketball team. Coach, obviously your team off to a great start. A lot of strong performances from your players, but I think a lot of people have been paying attention to Yuri Collins. Tell me what you've been seeing out of him so far this season. Yeah, Yuri's been, you know, giving us a little bit of everything. Obviously, he, you know, he's one of the top assist guys. I think he may be even leaving the country at this point uh, after two games. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's getting 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 assists. You know, he only played limited minutes last game and got 8 or 9 assists. Uh, leads us in defense. Our whole defense starts with him. He could create a lot of pressure and cause some problems for the other team. And then he's had games where he has scored. Uh, so, you know, Yuri, no question, Yuri Collins is uh, leader of our team. Uh, we, we have great faith and trust in him. Uh, and I just love how much he's improved from last year. He's just really worked hard on his game. Travis, normally at this time of year, non-conference, you're figuring out who your eight or nine man rotation is going to be once you get into conference play. You mentioned that you want to run more because of the injury to Perkins. Will your rotation, at least hopefully throughout the course of the season, will you go longer down the bench because you do want to run? Well, we, we we feel comfortable at this point with about eight guys. We need to get to nine or ten, and we definitely have some candidates that can step up and do that. Obviously, staying healthy is a big, big part of that. Um, you know, so yeah, we hope to continue through these games that we're playing now to develop our depth. Because when you lose a guy like Javante Perkins, you know that that obviously you know damages your depth a little bit, uh, and and some other guys have to step up. But we're using these games to try to get some different guys. Markai Strickland, I think, can you know really make an impact for us. Andre Lawrenson, Rashad Williams, I thought played well the other night. 
these are guys that I think will come along as the season continues and they continue to learn the system. I and wish, it, though, that Strickland could – I wish he had some hops. I wish he could dunk now and then. Yeah. Not very yeah, and I wish I could say I taught him. I wish I could say I taught him all that. <laughs> <laughs> that was he, he's uh, he is amazing. I tell you, he's explosive for sure. Absolutely, you know, Coach. Not going out on a limb here, but uh, Jordan Nesbitt, uh back in St. Louis started at Memphis. For fans that don't know, and winds up with the uh, the Billikens. This kid is. He's really good. Freshman, as you well know, and providing quality minutes and, and scoring and smooth and all those things. I'm curious now with the transfer portal and how it works and coming off a COVID year, um, you recruit a kid and let's say he says, you know, Coach Ford, thanks. I appreciate it. My family loves you. I love you, but I'm not going to come to SLU. I'm going to go to School X. Do you, how does, do you stop communication? How does that work? And I know you have different channels to get to kids and families and that kind of thing. But because of this, you know, kids can come back right away. They can transfer. How do you, how do you keep that line of communication open? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I've never in all my years, 25 years as a college head coach, you know, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some in recruiting. And when a young man's ever said, no, I'm going to go somewhere else, I've, you know, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, hey, I wish you all the best. I'm always here for you. I'll be pulling for you. I've never gotten upset. Uh, and I know some coaches that have, that get upset with, you know, I've let some players have it at times because they put so much time in them. But, you know, these young men, uh, you know, they make decisions and, you know, you do your best job. Uh, and, the, and I've never had any ill feelings and no different when Jordan Nesbitt decided to go to Memphis, uh, you know, wished him all the best, uh, you know, and, and obviously being from St. Louis, we knew a lot of people around him and we were always check on him to say, how's Jordan doing just to make sure he's doing OK. Uh, and then when he decided, to, uh, you know, to leave Memphis, we were fortunate enough to be able to get him to come back home. And Travis, it's interesting because we as fans, we see a, a player from St. Louis at a big name school and we say, oh, uh, Travis should try to bring him home. But it's not like everybody fits in your program, is it? There are certain uh, conditions that you have to being a Billiken. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, we've, we've made an emphasis on recruiting St. Louis and St. Louis area. It's a priority. We spend a lot of time with the area coaches and AU coaches, things like that, because I just think it's great talent. And I, I think these young men like to stay home. With that said, we're not going to get every one of them. Some we've missed on that we've wanted. And then some players we didn't recruit that wanted us to recruit them. We, you just can't recruit everybody. We tried to be a little bit strategic with players that we think fit the system, fit players that fit a need at that particular time. Uh, and players that, you know, obviously are going to fit in. And uh, that's kind of how we've gone about it. But we love to, you know, we, we, you know, this area has been really, really good to us. There's a lot of great talent in St. Louis. Did you realize that the talent was as good as it is in the high school level here in St. Louis? Or has it been disappointing? I mean, how, how would you, you know, average fan out there listening in and, and you're, you're always at the high school games. How good is the talent in St. Louis? It's uh, it's probably been one of the biggest surprises uh, since I've been here, uh, and that's not because it's really because I just didn't know. Uh, I high school basketball in St. Louis, and I'm trying to say this and not be biased. It probably top three to five in the country. I believe that, and why is that? Because the coaches, the AU programs are strong. 
but there's still great tradition in high school basketball in St. Louis. What I mean by that, you can go to certain games in the city and they're still, it means something to the fans. They're packed. Uh, they love basketball. It's not like that around the country. You go to a lot of most high school games around the country nowadays, and there's nobody there. Hmm. Um, people love high school basketball, and it's one of the things I've enjoyed the most, not just being surprised. I enjoy going to high school games just because the great atmosphere, people care about it. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. And Travis, before we let you go, you use that phrase, great atmosphere. And at Chaffetz, you guys have a, a great game day presentation. We're there in the stands every single game. And people are missing out. If they aren't getting to Chaffetz Arena with your team and with the atmosphere, it's a lot of fun. It is, and I'm glad you said that. I, You know, I say it all the time. It's one of the most fun arenas I've been a part of. And I've played in some great ones, coached in some great ones. But it's just a fun event. We, we hope you love the basketball. We hope you enjoy watching our team play. Uh, but how they do the, you know, the starting lineups, the firework kind of fire that goes off, the, the turn out the lights, the music, the high-definition video boards. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to watch a game in shape at Tarina, just a, an electric environment. And uh, hopefully we'll pack it again out tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, nothing better to do on a Friday night. So come on out. We're looking forward to it, Coach. Thanks for the time. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Appreciate it. See you later night, Coach. Thanks. That is Travis Ford. And, Dan, you're down there at courtside for those introductions. You probably yeah. feel a little heat, huh? No, you literally feel the heat. Yeah. Yeah. We The first time they did that, I was like, did they mean to do that? And I looked at Highmark, and he was missing his eyebrows. And so, yeah, they, it gets a little hot down there. Um and people are asking about protocols for the slew games. You wear a mask, but if you're sitting down there and you're having a, a soda or you know eating your hot dog, the masks are off, and, and it's back to what feels like normalcy. Um, so that's great. And for us, and being a broadcaster, being courtside again is yeah, great. Yeah. Sure. Last year we were calling the games from you know almost the upper deck, separated. Um, so just being back there and seeing it. And <clears throat> as the opponents get better, you're going to see – the crowds get better, too. They're going to pack that place, and um, they should be good this year. Losing Javante Perkins is a, a huge loss for this team. He could yeah. have been the A-10 player of the year, and he's a pro. But uh, he, one thing Travis is doing, man, he's getting talent to come. Like, Okoro is from this area. Played at Oregon. They, I mean, they had mm-hmm. on the very good teams at Oregon that went to uh, deep into tournaments. This The Nesbitt kid that went to Memphis is an absolute star in the making. So he's getting kids that are staying in the program, too, which is great, which is another reason why I think that's because we're all from St. Louis and the surrounding area. We support our own. Yeah, and so right. people want to support those kids at uh, Call St. Louis Home. It's really cool. That's Dan. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to talk some golf with Jay Delsing as we roll on on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Oh, one, two, three, four. Michelle, Dan, and Randy on 101 ESPN. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line again. And our friend Jay Delsing with Golf with Jay Delsing coming up Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN joins us. Morning, sir. How you doing? Doing great, Randy. Good morning. First, we got to start with the show this weekend. Who do you got coming up? I've got uh, Chris Kerr. He is the CEO of uh, this really cool new company that's bringing um, like rehearsal studios down in the Chesterfield Valley for the biggest music shows in the country 
Uh, he's a golf lover, and um, they're spending $110 million to, down there. It's called Gateway Studio Production Services, and um, they just broke ground yesterday. The governor was there. It's uh, really, really a cool thing. So these are guests this week. That sounds great, Jay. I know we'll be tuned in. And I can't believe that we're this close to Thanksgiving, which means that the match with Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka is right around the corner. Is that going to be something that you're tuned into? No. I mean, I, 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 it's kind of a snoozer, I think, you guys, other than the fact that Phil's going to be in the booth. Right. I think uh, it'll be really interesting to, to see what Phil's take is. But, guys, I mean, the match number five, and this thing was kind of made up anyway. I think it's come out. You know, they, these guys had a great Ryder Cup together. They, they uh, you know, the, the, the Q rating scale or end-of-year um, uh, results were not released by the tour. Everyone's got their own opinions. We know Tiger Woods was the number one guy and probably made, you know, over $10 million bucks. I, I just, I, I don't know what they're going to do. The good news is we're only going to play 12 holes. I mean, I'm a golf geek. I love it, but I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect. AJ, is this a time for a pro golfer if they've had, and I'm talking about the top guys, if they've had a tough season where they, they look at November and December, and I don't think there's ever really an off-season for golf because you can find warm weather and get your work in and play in tournaments if you wanted to, but where some of these guys say, you know what, I'm taking eight weeks off, I'm getting with my coach, and I'm working on my short game, I'm working on my driver or whatever the case may be. I got something technical with my swing. Is this the time that even the top guys on the, on the tour do this? Oh yeah, Danny. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, everybody, depending on what stage of uh, your career you're in, you're going to look at 2022 as in its entirety and go, I need to be playing well for, you know, in Augusta or focus on the, the, the majors or the U S open, whatever it is. Rory McIlroy just left, um, Pete Cowan and went back to his longtime swing coach. So this is definitely the time where people have, there's always ways to get better at this game. You never own this game enough. And so this is absolutely the time where people are putting in the work and, uh, and, and working on maybe some sort of small uh, swing changes to implement or scheduling. Some guys just drop the whole thing and, and just hang out with their families. I sure. mean, that's one of the things I did. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, I was just going to ask you that because I'm sure it's different for each person, but I'm wondering if there are people that take a week off or a month off or other guys who don't want to take a day off without having a club in their hands. What was that like for you? Well, for me, I just needed to get away from it. I would just get so immersed in it and I and the travel. You know, you guys have all traveled. They just get road weary. You spend 30, 35 weeks a year on the road, and, and you just need to get some, uh, like a for me, a, a little normal schedule. I know it sounds crazy, but I love not having to put on sunscreen. I love not being hot every single day. I love putting on a sweatshirt and, and even a jacket when the weather would change in St. Louis. And now that I don't play anymore, I'm like, I can't stand this cold weather. <laughs> but it, 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 all just, it all just changes a lot. I love, you know, I was the, the sort of dad that I was up in the morning and I was making lunches and I was picking them up at carpool and we were screwing around in the backyard shooting baskets and some were riding bikes and you know, I, I, I that stuff was like therapy for me. It was fantastic. That's that's kind of what I did. What did golf learn coming out of COVID? And and uh, well, we're still in it, but uh, it was one of the first sports back, if not the first sport, with NASCAR. But and I'm talking about whether it's the presentation on television, what we learn in the sport itself. Um, hey, going to an event, whatever. What what did golf learn through this situation with COVID? 
Uh, well, it's interesting, Danny, because we kind of thought because we were outside, I don't know if you guys recall, but they were going to play the players' championship when the rest of the entire world was shutting down. And they even played a Thursday round. Right. And then our commissioner was like, man, we can't do this. And they shut it all down. But what, what I was really proud of is that they got really, really aggressive, got the guys together and said, look, at, this is what we're going to do. There's going to be X amount of testing. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the hotels that are going to that are going to work, and we were one of the first sports back, and I'm really proud of that, and I was really proud of the leadership that the commissioner showed. But guys, from a golf standpoint globally, our game has exploded. Nothing like this in my lifetime has ever happened to get more people playing the game, and um, it's. It's, it's, it's almost like a phenomenon that we're not going to really understand the full benefits of until, you know, maybe five or ten years after when we look back and go, damn, you know, that was a really hard time. And these sports, you know, did increasingly well. I, I, you know, the players hated not having any spectators. And, you know, we've talked about this, Danny, with you doing the show and you trying to, you trying to call a game from 2,000 miles away in a room and you can't even sit next to Rick Ankeel and, you know, all of this crazy stuff that we all did. And as it goes, as it starts coming back, the appreciation for what we lost or what we had taken away from us is massive. The players that I've talked to are just so grateful that this thing is coming back and has come back in golf. You know, it's it's pretty much full full blown back to where uh, we we were, and I, I think what we learned is, man, you got to really appreciate what the hell we had, and and um, and try to live every day with that kind of gusto and 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 jump in your step. And I mean, that's impossible to do. We're human, but still, damn it, it when it was taken away from us, I just remember I was just pissed because it couldn't be people in the stands at the ballpark. And, and, and even though it was outside, we still couldn't do things. It just didn't seem real to me. Jay Delsing, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. And we'll talk to you next week, but we'll be tuned in Sunday morning for Golf with Jay Delsing. Pleasure, guys. Have a great day. You too. Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. Next up. It was amazing, by the way, the amount of rounds across the world oh, yeah. in golf. It's crazy. Because there was, you know, you went fishing. Yeah, mm-hmm. people could get or, outside. Yeah, yep. or you play golf. Right. David Perron, Blues Winger, joins us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. These are busy times for the St. Louis Blues. They played Nashville last night over at Enterprise Center tonight. But today, the Blues will get on a plane, head to Carolina, take on the Hurricanes, and that'll be a Saturday game. And you'll hear it here on 101 ESPN. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and David Braun, Blues Winger, joins us as he does every week here on Carriker Smallman and Danny Mac. Good morning. How are you doing, David? <laughs> doing well. How's it going? Doing great. Uh, you know, you can jump in too, Michelle, when oh, you're sure. ready. Yeah, um, we're doing great, David. No, we're Thanks. doing great, David. Go right ahead, Michelle. <laughs> All right, David. Well, uh, I don't think we've spoken to you since you jumped up into the top 10 on the list of all-time blues for games played. I know you passed Bob Plager, someone that you were very close with, but after a couple stints here with this organization, what does it mean to you to be in the top 10 of all games plays with, plays with the blues? Yeah, I mean it's it's extremely special for sure. I I think the last uh, several uh, alumni blue that I that I passed have been like Bobby Barkley, um, Al McInnes, Keith Kachuk, uh, Chris Bronger, those types of, of names. So it's 
it's definitely uh, almost surreal to to, to see that. Uh, those are names that obviously when I started my career, I was very aware of um, that played for the Blues that were almost like legends to me. So it's, uh, it's so cool, and uh, I'm just fortunate to be able to do it. Hey, they know that you love hockey, you love playing hockey, you follow hockey. It's, you know, it's part of your life day in and day out. And you played against Crosby and Ovechkin. And Sunday at uh, Enterprise Center, you got McDavid coming to town. What, what's it like when you're playing against the elite, the best in the world? You're one of the best in the world. But what's it like going head-to-head with some of the biggest names the sport's ever seen? Yeah, I mean, we all saw uh, Connor McDavid's goal uh, probably against uh, the Rangers a few days ago. It was one of the best goals I've ever seen, uh, to be honest. Um, he's he's already up there in, in the top three, top five of all time, in my opinion. Players that played the game, and uh, I, I think to solidify that for himself, he's uh, going to probably need to win a, a cup or two and all that stuff. It's always the way it goes. But uh, definitely, I think uh, uh, it's, it's always fun. It's always special. I've been lucky to, to have played uh, most of, of the core of uh, OVs and, and Sid's career. Uh, so I've, I've been able to uh, uh, be pretty close to them, uh, obviously playing with Sid, uh, just being able to, to be around him, all that stuff. It's, it's so cool. And uh, I, I think it's even more special for a guy like myself. When I play with Orai, we we end up playing against those matchups a lot. So we have them all night against each other, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's amazing when you watch a goal like McDavid had, the, the one-on-four. And you think about every element to be a great hockey player he had to have to score that goal. Speed, size, stick handling. There really isn't anything you can score that goal with if you don't have every element of the game, right? Yeah, yeah, and the and the awareness to be able to do it at that kind of speed and and still execute everything without getting killed, <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's truly special. Uh, so now it's uh, again like it's one of the best goals I've ever seen, and uh, I, I know obviously again I bring it up again, but people uh, before they they put him in that category want him to to win a cup, all that stuff. But uh, for me, he's, he's almost if not already there. So it's uh, it's crazy how, how good that goal was. Speaking of talented young players, David, Jordan Cairo is electric. We saw him in action last night getting a couple goals, and it seems like when he turns it on, he's one of those players that can really make you say, wow, he's got the skill, he's got the speed. What have you seen yeah. so far from him this season? Yeah, yeah, he's a special player, and uh, he, he's our uh, he's our McDavid as far as uh, that type of uh, the speed, everything that he can put together, I think. Uh, we have a lot of very talented players uh, on this team that can uh, can make some special plays. I, I just think that he's he's got uh, kind of that ability, like you said, uh, the speed, everything combined, that uh, and, and the shot, uh, the power of his shot, the awareness, all that stuff. And as he keeps learning uh, the NHL level, the way to play night in, night out, uh, I think he's going to do it. I think he's, he's definitely a special guy. and. He's fun to be around. How are you guys getting through COVID, David? I mean, we've, we've seen it popping up around the NHL, and you guys are going to get on a plane today. So what are some of the things that uh, you guys have to do to, to try to be as you know careful as you can be with this? Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, at the same time, it's a little bit like business. Like usual, we test. And uh, when we when we have a guy that pops positive, we, we obviously are a little more careful, all that stuff. But... We're all vaccinated, uh, and uh, really, like uh, it's, it should help us to uh, to bring that down to a lower level. 
and uh, definitely you see guys coming back from from that it's it takes a bit of time to to come back from from it and uh, we're going to with those guys for sure. Hey, David, Chief made a comment the other night after the Winnipeg game about something that we don't think a lot about, and that is how competitive Jordan Bennington is when when he allows a bad goal, how he really gets into it. Can you describe for us what it's like on the ice when he really gets into that competitive zone? Yeah, well, it was unbelievable in that game. Um, and you see it in practice, too. Like uh, when it's a, a, a day that we need to put in the work, um, and we haven't had a practice in a few days. I mean, those, those days like today are different. We've been traveling. We've been playing a lot of games. So I, I don't expect him to go out there and, and, and um, almost like fight for every single puck like crazy because there's no point. He, he's got to play a lot of hockey. I mean, but those days that we know we have to put in the work, uh, we see it in practice too, and it's a lot of fun to go against him because he doesn't want any puck to go in the net. So... Uh, when, when we see his eyes, the way he's dialed in in a game like this, uh, you just have the feeling that you, that you can win any game. And um, for me, like we always answer these uh, questions as NHLPA members, like uh, who's the best player, who's who's the goalie that you would pick if you had to win one game. And and for me, it's it's not only because I play with him, but it's, it's truly special what he's what he's doing. And obviously, he's proved it in the past um, in Game Seven, winning the cup. David, it must be great for you to have Ryan O'Reilly back out on the ice. You've talked with us at length about the special connection that you guys have. I was actually at the game last night, and I saw one of the in-game elements that they have up on the scoreboard is you two telling jokes to one another to see who will laugh first. And I want to know out of the two of you, which one is funnier, you or Ryan O'Reilly? Um, I think I talk a lot more than he does, but when he, when he cracks a couple of jokes, I think he's pretty funny. I think he... Uh, He's a guy a little bit uh, as a captain that has to come out of his shell a bit more or uh, has to force himself a little bit more to, to talk. But I think uh, everything else speaks for itself for him. And definitely it's great to have him back. I think our, our timing isn't exactly where we want it to be. Again, he's coming back from COVID and so was uh, Saad uh, that, that we're playing with uh, uh, at times this season. So it's going to be a little bit of time, but we're definitely we're working towards that. Blues winger David Brom with us on 101 ESPN. You make the trip to Carolina coming up this weekend. And, Dave, David, it's unbelievable how competitive this league is, isn't it? You guys are in first place. You've had a great start. But the top four teams in your division are separated by one point. So you, you go to Carolina and you feel like, okay, well, even against a great team, we got to pick up points here too. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you can't uh, take your foot off the gas. It's uh, it's absolutely crazy. I looked at that the other day too, and, um, I, I thought for us it was a great road trip. We've we've had a lot of travel, a lot of late nights that you come back um, after a game, you fly to another city, you go to bed at 2 a.m. and you have to play the next day, and we'll have to do that again. Coming back from Carolina tomorrow night, um, it's it's Justin Falk's uh, return to Carolina as well, so I think he's going to be really excited. We want to provide a great game not only for our team but for him uh, obviously he has uh, a lot uh, I guess not a lot to prove but he he's gonna want to put uh, a good performance uh, against his old buddies or his ex-teammates so uh, that's what we're looking to do do you remember the last time this happened if it has happened that you woke up in a hotel room and didn't know what city you were in <laughs> This morning in St. Louis. <laughs> no, to, to be honest, uh, yeah, like it's 
I was actually trying, uh, maybe knowing that you would ask me about the, the trip, like uh, almost trying to, to remember which game we won, which game we lost on, on the road. <laughs> I, I just remember that we had a pretty good road trip uh, considering all the time change, the flights, uh, even finishing it off in, in Winnipeg. And, and even last night, to be honest, like the first game back from a road trip at times isn't always uh, – Easy. I'm not saying we played a great game by any means last night, but I didn't, I didn't think we had we had a poor game either. That we we did a lot of good things as well, and uh, the energy level just got to be managed. Uh, I, I know our coaching staff are, in my opinion, one of the best in, in the league to to uh, realize that. And um, I'm expecting today's practice to be um, somewhat like lighter, just just for a reason that I mentioned. And uh, we'll see what they, they come at us with. Like, uh, I'm not saying that it should be light necessarily. They'll, they'll feel what the group feels. But, um, yeah, they're, they're really good at it. So I'm, I'm expecting that. Everybody has a different reason why they love to go to a particular city. So for David Perron, you're on the road. What's your favorite city to go to? And I mean the rank. It could be going to your favorite uh, yeah. restaurant, well, home, whatever. Every city – for me, it's special in its own way. Like, you go to, let's say, Winnipeg, and it's not a great city by any means, but you know that the game the next day will be a special atmosphere. Uh, just how, how much people care about hockey up there. Um, you go to Arizona, and it's probably opposite as far as, as the crowd is going to be, all that stuff. But then there's great restaurants. God Sales is right there. Um, I mean, Vegas, I, I played there for a year. There's restaurants. You can't go wrong there. Uh, but I really enjoy um, my time I had in Anaheim and Newport Beach there. It's one of my favorite places in the world to, to go back to. And uh, just any time we land in California, I, I always feel uh, really good. Just the, the way the air is there, the way the everything about the, the, the Newport area really is, uh, is something I really like. David Braun, we always really like having you on the show. Thanks for taking the time with us. Have a, a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next week. Thank Appreciate you, sir. it. That is blues winger David Piranha, 101 ESPN. Never been to Winnipeg, but doesn't sound like it would be that fun after that description from David Piranha. And Perron. Dan, the, yeah. the, you've done Winnipeg, right? Uh, have you done Winnipeg? I was trying to think it's if my, I did. It's my understanding we didn't have time to ask David, but the airport is really far away from the rink. Yeah, oh, there's some really? places. Like, you go to Denver. Denver is very, the airport is mm-hmm. <clears throat> about a 40-minute drive out, out of downtown. Um, been to the Canadian cities when I was uh, with the team and traveling for hockey. And, and he's right. Like, a Saturday night in Canada for the blues. Yeah. The blues and Leafs or just the feeling, the buzz around town in Montreal, um, Edmonton, just seeing the history of their, their old building and realizing those great teams played there. And it's, it's just, it's classic, you know, the Calgary flames, same thing. It's, it's just neat to, to be in a Canadian city. I always told people if you have the means to do it, I've always said, go to spring training, Mm -hmm. try to go down to spring training for baseball and if you love hockey, go see a game in Canada and do it on a Saturday night. And if you want to go up there long term, free health care. And it's awesome. And it's depending on what now, depending on when you go. For instance, I mean, I've been getting on, uh, you know, buses late at night after mm-hmm. a game and getting pelted by ice. And there's like three feet of snow in Edmonton. You're like, let's get out of here. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to be here. But then you're in Montreal during the summer. And it's you can't find a better place. Everybody loves Montreal. Oh, it's awesome. It's I've never been, but everyone says go to Montreal. Very, uh, 
metropolitan, I, I, Neapolitan type city. Cosmopolitan. Thank you. I'm tired. Cosmopolitan type city. Good ice cream, though. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking. I was, I was thinking like the red, the blue, the white. That really sounds good. Um, but yeah, man, summers in Canada. Tough to beat. Go fishing, eh? Get a little cottage. Yeah, yeah. you should, no, Randall. No question. I've been up there in the summer before. Really? Doing what? When I was a kid, my dad took us fishing in Thunder Bay, Ontario, oh, on the English River. Cool. We did it every summer. And when I was a kid, you could get KMOX and li- because we were in the middle of nowhere. We had a cabin in the middle of two rapids on the English River. So we had to take a boat to this cabin, and you could either go north or south to go fishing the next day, but you could only get there via boat. That's fun. Yeah, it it was pretty cool. I don't see you being an outdoorsman whatsoever. I was more of an outdoorsman then than now. Yeah. Uh, I did, though, my favorite memory is not catching a fish. It's catching my brother right between the eyes with a hook as I was casting. And I'm pulling. He was behind you. Yep. And and, and I'm pulling on the fishing rod and saying, what's going on here? And he's not making any noise, not screaming or anything. And I've just got the hook right between his eyes. Oh, my God. But your dad was really happy with that. Thrilled. Yeah. He pulled that baby out of there. Well, you you got to the studio today. And I, I think you'll confirm this, Michelle, that you are so excited because tomorrow begins deer season. Yes. Yeah, rifle uh-huh. season uh, in the state of Missouri. And you were like, you had camo. You had, yeah. You mm-hmm. had uh, some dough potty. Hey, venison chili, baby. That's, oh, it's awesome. Did you it's say dough potty? Yeah. What's that? Well, that's the female, the doe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, sure. uh, you know, and. You got to attract some people, yeah. or animals. Yeah. Oh. You know. Yeah, so there you go. Right. You, know, you got to call the herd, Michelle, as it's called. Well, you, like got, a you got a rattle. You can do a lot of things. Yeah. A rattle. Yeah. You, you know, the antlers. And just yeah, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Bring them in. It's bucks, amazing. Bucks sounds, are sounds fun. getting after each other. It's the rut. And yeah. then the, the, the yeah. good hunters, they wait until they get like this monster, really 150-year-old deer. That's that what you can do. kill that. You yeah. get that big boy. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what Randy is. He's He's a hunter. Oh, yeah. We're going to head down the stretch of this edition of Character Smallman and Danny Mac. I'm wondering, did a light go out on you, Michelle? Doesn't it feel like it just got darker in here? It just, it's been doing sun. that outside. It's oh, been peeking through the clouds. Like, did the light just go uh, We're going to head down the stretch, and uh, this is Emily's last day with us. Oh, yeah. So uh, we're, we're going to tell you what she's up to next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker with you, and you have heard the voice of Emily Butcher for a long time on Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. She's actually set a record for endurance as our producer on That's this right. show. So uh, we want to start by congratulating you on that because it's not an easy job. Thank you. <laughs> so, and uh, you're moving. You're a sports person. You're a huge sports fan. But you're not going to be in the sports realm. So now you're just going to be like a real fan, right? You're going to be able to watch games at night again and stuff? Yeah. I've never uh, in my professional career been a normal person that works normal (laughs) hours. So it's going to be weird uh, to get used to. But um, I'm excited to be able to watch as a fan, like you said. Yeah, that'll be good. And actually being able to stay up late at night and watch the end of games because, well, and you stayed up really late. You did KBO at ESPN, right? So you were like through the middle of the night. Those were some midnight 1 a.m. 
uh, crew calls. Oof. Yeah. Games would end at like nine o'clock. I'd go pick up Chick-fil-A breakfast and go home. <laughs> at least you had Chick-fil-A breakfast. Yeah. But that's one thing that people forget about the shop is, yes, we have great jobs and it's so fun and I'm not complaining at all, but you don't sleep a lot. You have very weird hours. It's hard to have a normal life or have a routine or have a social life. So as sad as we are that Emily is leaving us, I'm very thrilled for her to have a routine and to be able to get some sleep and have some stability and normalcy in her life. Yeah. We got out last night. We saw the light display over at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Mm -hmm. And if you get a chance to get over there on the east side, go check it out. It's a great light display. But that's one of the things about having nights is that you can get out. Yeah. See all the the different uh, holiday light displays around St. Louis this year. Yeah, absolutely. And being able to go to games on weeknights and not worry about having That's to good thing. have that early morning turnaround. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Or well, checking, checking your email the entire yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> that too, for sure. So, well, congratulations. You did a great job. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. You got Danny it. Mac, do you take the kids out on an off night now and then to see the holiday light displays in the St. Louis metro yeah. area? Yep. We make it a, uh, it's been a holiday tradition. We go to the one... Um, What's off of 40 and McKnight there? Tillis Park. Yeah, Tillis Park. We'll go there, and there's a ice cream place that will grab some ice cream and then wait in line for an hour to go look at the lights. That's a good thing. We've done the uh, horse carriage there, too. That's fun. That is fun. Yeah. On a chilly night. And the zoo has great lights. You walk around the zoo, and Grant's Farm has one this year, too. You have to make reservations for it, but there's one at Grant's Farm. And then the Botanical Garden has their annual event, too. And I always love the lights at the Shrine, too. I don't know if people go to oh, the yeah. hillside, but that's always a big... Uh, Done that. If you're in the Metro East, that's always a very big highlight, is the lights at the Shrine. you got to find a good neighborhood, too. Sometimes the neighbors get all together, and they do oh. massive ones. What's and, that one? Candy Cane Lane? Yep. I've never done it, but... I know that's a big thing here in St. Louis. There's one in uh, Candy Cane Lane, maybe the one in South St. Louis, which is by Pietro's Restaurant, mm. if you're familiar with that. So, yeah, maybe uh, we, we go down there, too. When we were coming home last night, I suggested that I would put some lights on the roof in 2021. You don't need Randy, to be on no. a ladder anymore. That was no, Randy. summarily dismissed. No. Yeah. You, don't, you don't need to do that. That is, pay someone to do that. That's yeah. not going to be your job. I know. The problem is he determined. reaches into his pocket and there's a bunch of moths that come out and you know, cobwebs. Yeah. Pay for it. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself. Hey, what do we have coming up on uh, the Danny Mac show featuring BK, who happens to be over at the Centene Ice Center? Yeah, BK is over at Centene because the Blues will be uh, skating over there. So Alex and uh, BK will have their show originating from Centene. And uh, our guest is going to be Kevin Goldstein, uh, Goldstein, excuse me, from, um, he K- used to work K-Gold. in. K-Gold. Yeah, he, K-Gold is going to be on. And he uh, worked in the front office for the Astros. We've had him on a bunch of times, does a great job getting into uh, the numbers of baseball, which now could dictate salary. So yeah. that's uh, something that, uh, talking about war wins above replacement, um, those kind of things um, could dictate maybe service time and what happens with free agency. So I'm sure we're going to get into that. By the way, Emily, people want to know, what are you going to be doing? Oh, yeah. Working in marketing. Working, working in marketing. Yep. Okay. All right. So. Any more specifics on that or just... He's going to market. He's going to market. Market right. stuff. You do your thing. Be a normal person. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. It's been great working with you all, though. I really it's, do appreciate it. We've everything. enjoyed having you with us, and uh, we'll obviously stay in touch. Danny Mac, have a great show. Okay, guys. Have a great weekend. Emily, enjoy good this Good luck week. on uh, your deer season tomorrow. Oh, thank you. You too. Uh, I'm, I'll be home. I'm, I'm working. Uh, I got stuff with my kids. Oh, do you? Yeah. 
I might have uh, M-I-Z-Z-O-U. I'm not, I got to pick out a football game to go to tomorrow. Okay. Is it M-I-Z-Z-O-U? After deer season when you wake up early and you go right. out. Yeah. Right. yeah. Bag so, that deer and then get it processed and the, then you right. head down to Columbia. The dough stuff, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. But we've got the Lindenwood Lions Dopey. playing, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not completely sure which, which game you, Have you been to. out to one of their football games? I have. They've yeah. got McKendree tomorrow. Yeah. And I think they're going for their sixth in a row. Yeah, they they've already won the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Lions right. are good. Go Lions. All right. So and Michelle, you have a great weekend as well. Thank you so much. And thank you again to Emily for everything. Yeah. Great work on the show. Thanks, yep. guys. Really appreciate that. For all of us, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show until Monday morning at seven. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lecvio. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.